Welcome to the From the Stands podcast. Guys, we finally made it. Week one, college football. I've never been more excited to sit down and talk with you guys as fun as the last four or five weeks have been. We're finally here and uh, ready for some real football. Clint, what's going on, man? Uh, ready for some football? Yeah, buddy. I, uh, I feel like we put the homework in. Um, a little bit of a grind, but it was fun. But uh, now it's time to put our, our money where our mouth is and pick some of these games and see how this week one's going to play out. It's going to be some some fun football, maybe an upset here or two. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm excited, buddy. Nice. Jacob, you ready for some football or what, dude? Dude, have been waiting for it forever. I mean, Clint's ready, more ready than we are. He's holding the Darren football right now. But I'm so excited for what this week. Yeah, there's not so, you know a whole bunch of big games, but I'm just so ready for any football. I mean, enough enough good games to, to keep you occupied. Unlike oh, yeah. last weekend, we had we had two games, really three, I guess, <clears throat> kind of power five teams um, in week zero, notably USC. I mean Southern Cal, San Jose State, and then Notre Dame playing Ooh. Navy out in Dublin, Ireland, um, and then Vandy did did play Hawaii. Um, I know. We didn't probably get to watch a lot of it. I know we all had pretty busy weekends last week. Um, did anybody see anything um, Southern Cal wise that kind of surprised you? Took you off guard, or like, or is it just kind of one of those like, all right, they won by a decent amount. That's what we expect them to do. Um, because to me, they they started off slow. They obviously handled business at the end, but I, I wasn't able to just sit down and watch the entire game. So I don't know how that the game flow went. But I would say early on, I was like, well, so you know, San Jose State's kind of hanging in there. Yeah, I'd say the first thing I noticed is one being able to watch USC because they played at eight o'clock um, for us, and so that was actually nice being able to see this game. But they did start off slow. The defense kind of—that's what the whole offseason. What we talked about for months, and people have talked about for months, was just the the defense was just going to be what what this team was about, and they started off extremely slow. And, and I mean. <laughs> That one play that Caleb Williams got real lucky, he kind of fumbled the snap and everything and then launched it. And I, I think seeing that in action, seeing just how people are saying that Caleb Williams can just carry this team, I saw why he won the Heisman last year. So that was that was exciting to see. Um, and even even as much as they looked like they struggled, and so, well, not really struggled, but just started off slow to score 56 points, like, you know, we'll have to see. But I do know that San Jose quarterback, uh, San Jose State quarterback was actually a pretty good pretty good quarterback he was um you know he didn't dice up usc's defense i mean they scored 28 points but he was actually a formidable opponent instead of just some random guy so maybe usc's defense has improved I mean, first game you're always going to have you know some issues i guess but uh it was a it was a fun game to watch yeah i uh did y'all see that zachariah branch guy the uh the dude that brought the kickoff return back and he also had a receiving touchdown. Oh yeah, yeah he's a he's a freshman, right? Or yeah, five star freshman, like super fast. That guy looked real. That it was. I saw some of the game and then uh, obviously went back and watched some highlights. Yeah, that guy looks like he's going to be a problem for a lot of teams, especially as they move over to the uh, the Big Ten. Yeah, I kind of agree with uh, what Jacob said. I am surprised a little bit at the defense. Um, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be too terribly dis- uh, surprised considering how last year went for USC, but uh, they gave up almost 400 yards of offense. And I get it. It's game one. I know the the overreaction is, oh, man, their defense is still still sucks. And 
that's going to be the problem all year. I'm not necessarily saying that, but it was a problem this game. Um, now, again, game wasn't really ever in doubt. Obviously, USC was going to win. But we talked about this during the preview um, for the conference that if USC wants to take that next step, the defense is what they're going to have to get figured out. And it didn't look like it was all that figured out, at least, you know, in week zero. Um, so we'll see moving forward with the adjustments they make and stuff like that. Obviously, offensively, they're still going to be pretty good. Caleb Williams is as advertised. Um, obviously, they got a really good weapon now with Zachariah Branch. Not that they were short on weapons anyway, but uh, yeah, uh, almost 190. No, no, no. Yeah, almost 200 yards. It was 198 yards on the ground that they gave up uh, to a San Jose State team. Again, that's, that's a lot of yards on the ground for for a team that's won and has uh, playoff uh, hopes in their future. So, again, something to watch, and uh, we'll see moving in the, uh, the weeks to come if they can adjust and uh, sure up that defense a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. three of those were big plays. I mean, 57-yard rush, 28-yard rush, 28-yard rush. So big, big plays are getting gashed on. Going back to Zachariah Branch for a second, I, I think that's going to be huge for them, seeing what he did. Not that they didn't know what he could do in preseason, but you see what he does his first game as a freshman coming in. They find other ways to get him the ball get him the ball on offense, whether it be jet sweeps or whatever kind of like gimmicky type packages they can get him in, get him the ball, bubble screens. I think that's going to be a real weapon for them. I agree with you, like maybe not ever in doubt, it's you can't it, it, as good as their offense is you can't rely on giving up 30 points a game um in this conference even though it's not a strong defensive conference but moving on when you start playing real teams to get into the playoff if you're a defense giving up 30 points a game that's not necessarily going to do it um as far as getting into the playoff and actually like making some moves and, and trying to win a national championship right uh jc i was going to ask you about marshall lloyd I, I don't know if you actually got to see any of the, of the game um or just highlight to what but uh, he finished with nine carries, 42 yards, um, and one catch for 12 yards. Uh, I'd say he looked okay. He started off kind of slow and, and kind of picked it up towards the end of the game. But um, I, I definitely think that – I mean, he got the most carries and most touches, I think, out of any right. offensive weapon. So I think he will um, kind of get a bigger role in the offense as, it, as the season goes on. Yeah, he averaged 4.7 a carry. So, I mean, that's I mean that's two carries. You're almost at a first down. So I don't, I don't think that's – you know bad by any stretch of the imagination i didn't get to see any of the game it, it was it was exciting to see that that he did get the most carries he's going to be their feature back but i say feature back with an asterisk like this isn't a run the ball team like lincoln Riley is not necessarily like looking to run the ball so ideally if i'm a usc fan just from how i am as a if i was a coach and wanting a balance yeah i would want him i would want my main back to have like 15 20 carries a game especially if he's averaging five years a carry like that's pretty damn good so we'll see moving on. Um, you would think in this type of game, this is when they would try to kind of impose their will with their offensive line and run the ball. But, you know, that maybe that's just not not the way it went. I will say, uh, moving on from them, somebody that impressed me, again, even though it's it's Navy and they've not had the team they've had in the past, they've kind of struggled. But being able to uh, watch a few plays that Sam Hartman made, tell you what, man, he was throwing some darts out there. Uh, it looked really impressive. Look really comfortable. Obviously, he's had success playing at Wake Forest. I mean, he brought that team to the kind of the forefront of the ACC as far as at least getting him in the conversation. But obviously, like being in Ireland, a huge stadium, first game, Notre Dame, a, you know, traditional powerhouse, like the dude just looks super comfortable, man. So I think they're going to be a, a team uh, that does not need to go overlooked 
um, this season. So I, I just like the way he looked super comfortable, man, making big plays. I think he started off uh, kind of like what? I think he started off like 10 for 10, 11 for... He was started off crazy, like completion, just like, you know, uh, didn't make any mistakes. So I know, Clint, I know you caught some of that game too. What kind of impressed you from the little bit that you saw? I mean, he kind of... He kind of hit there. Um, Sam Harmon looks good. And uh, I think more importantly, it looks like he fits. And uh, I think a lot of people thought he would. But obviously, you're never sure until you see you see them actually play a football game. And he just looks like he fits in that offense so well. He fits in their scheme of what they're trying to do. Um, uh, it's Navy. Um, let's not get um, out over our skis uh, too much. Let's, let's uh, Again, they had a great win, dominating win. Um, did y'all, did y'all see the, I think it was, um, it was like 21, nothing coming in to the end of the first half. I think there was only like two minutes left or something. And Navy had like a fourth and four situation, but they were, they were like in scoring distance or something. Um, the Navy decided just to kick a field goal instead of like actually trying to score. It might have been one of their best chances all game to score, and they, I thought oh, just kick a field goal. I thought that was pretty interesting, but uh, I digress. Yeah, Sam Harpin, I, I did see a few throws where against better teams, those at, at least are getting you know um, broken up, if not worse, uh, turning the interception. So uh, first game, you can't expect him to be perfect, but he was pretty close anyway. I mean, uh, <clears throat> he he moved around a good bit, made some plays happen. Um, yeah, it just looks like he fits, and that's going to be a fun team to watch, especially when we're we're talking about the playoff conversation. Um, uh, this is now for sure a team people are going to have to be worried about. We've we've now seen it week zero, so uh, it's going to be a good year for them. Right? No, I totally agree. And and as a Clemson fan, I saw plenty of you know Sam Hartman, and uh, I mean that that kid's good. Um, he he kind of. He was tough to stop. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But um, I'll even say like Notre Dame, just beyond the quarterback play, like I noticed their offensive line. Uh, 42-3 is, is a, a pretty pretty gnarly score, but that especially happens when your offensive line just completely controls the game. And that that's one thing I believe Sam Hartman enjoys is having a nice big offensive line to protect them. Because um, he actually never had it. He didn't, he didn't, he did not even record a rush in that game. I mean, he scrambled outside the pocket a few times, but he was well protected. Um, that's even more scary, I think, than Sam Harton. Um, it's just how well they were able to protect him. So, again, it was Navy, but this team is going to be scary for sure. Yeah, I think they got some guys on that line that are definitely going to be some pretty high draft picks. But speaking of quarterback play and, and somebody being comfortable um, going into a game, having a main quarterback, the first game that we're going to cover um, is actually going to be um, Thursday night, first kind of big game of the season. You got the 14th ranked Utah Utes playing Florida, and we just found out um, that quarterback Cam Rising is not going to be playing. Looks like he's got an ACL injury. So the line in that game went from six and a half. It's now down to four and a half. Clint, does this team have what it takes to beat Florida without their main quarterback, or is it just going to be absolutely just? Are you, and I don't know what your uh, thought process was beforehand <laughs> who you who you're going to pick, but does this change your mind completely on who's going to win this game? Uh, so it was kind of a toss up for me already, but that was our, I was kind of assuming, cause I've heard a couple things here and there just that, Ooh, he's hurt me. Is he going to play blah, blah, blah. And then the, the, the spread started dwindling, uh, down in, in the favor of Florida. So I kind of figured somebody knew something he's probably hurt, uh, even still kind of a toss up for me just because there's still a lot of unknowns about Florida and, um, 
I think it's probably going to be more of a low-scoring game, especially now that Cam Rising is is not going to play. Um, I, I, they both, you know, Utah's a good defense, and I think with Graham Merce, they're not going to ask him to do anything too crazy, uh, try to get that run game going. And it's going to be close. You said it's at it's, it's four and a half now, right? Correct, and it's yes. at Utah. Okay, so when it was at six and a half, I, I was on Florida, and I, I think I'm still going to go Florida. Um, I think I'm still going to go Florida at four and a half. Uh, again, uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, we'll see how, how grandma's does, but, um, again, I, I think they're going to try to play it safe. You don't want to make too many mistakes off the rip and then not be able to recover. So, uh, yeah, let, let me go ahead and take Florida plus the points at four and a half. Yeah, this is going to, this is definitely going to be a good one. Um, Utah's ranked 14th, Florida's not ranked. So primetime game, this is going to be a uh, national stage for both teams. Um, I I definitely think if Cam Rising was 100% healthy, this game would probably be, you know, 9, 10 points kind of deal because there's just so much we don't know about Florida um, coming off of last year with a new a new quarterback with Graham Mertz like you talked about. Because um, if you remember, Graham Mertz, hasn't played that well in a long time. So um, there's just a lot of uncertainties um, coming into this game. But now with Cam Rising, it really just throws a big wrench into everything. Um, and they also don't have that tight end, which I tried to pronounce his last name earlier, but y'all know it better than I do. Keithy. Keithy looks like he's going to be out as well. Keith, yeah, that's their starting tight end. So that's another big um, a big target that they're losing for this game. So I'm, I'm definitely with you, Clint. I think – Four and a half. I would definitely take Florida to to cover that. Yeah. So it's interesting because um, I think you hit it nail on the head, Clint, when you talked about how comfortable Sam Hartman looked in a Notre Dame jersey. To me, when I think of Florida quarterbacks, I think of athletic guys, even if they're not the prototypical like NFL quarterback when they come out right. But they're always like from obviously recent memory, Anthony Richardson. Go back to Emory Jones and some of these other athletic guys. <clears throat> to me, Graham Mertz does not fit the Florida right. Like he's just like, <laughs> like he fits the the Wisconsin, like they was yeah. Yeah, Wisconsin, right? Yeah, he fits a Wisconsin like pro style play action type thing. He doesn't. I, I just don't see him in the Florida. So that kind of throws me off a little bit. Last year, Florida won by three. Um, Florida was a much better team at that point. But I think not only is is Cam Rising out. To me, if I'm a backup quarterback, the the people I look to would be a tight end. Right, uh, we're we're getting the rid of the ball quick. If right. the, if the running back's not, you know, uh, kind of opening the flats like I'm gonna try to hit my tight end on something quick maybe and with him being out as well I just think that taking Florida in the points is going to be the safe play with this again a lot of unknowns with Florida but I think from a defense defensive perspective they should be a better team than Utah um and I think they're you know if we were doing straight up it almost be tough not to pick them but four and a half man I'm still going to take uh Florida in the points right and I guess the backup's name is Bryson Barnes he's a redshirt junior um not a transfer so I think he's been there been in the system. Uh, for a okay. few years, so that's that's a positive. Uh, we're not trying to, you know, crap on Utah here, but I just think they have a little bit too much going on to to try to. Right, win I just don't think they've done enough recently. I mean, granted, they've I think the last couple of years probably had a better overall record maybe than Florida, but as far as getting it done in this big game, it's hard for me not to take the SEC when it comes to if there's unknown in some of the key areas. Like I look back at the defensive line, the offensive line, and and the big ton, like just grizzly guys up front like i'm gonna take some of these bigger guys I mean, in the sec utah is back they are back-to-back pac-12 champions so i mean there's a little That's bit true. of sec yeah. bias there but right. 
And you know what? That the good thing is we'll get the we'll get to find out really soon. I uh, yep. I don't know if this means anything whatsoever, but I did see something like a funny little stat that said uh, Florida hasn't won uh, a back-to-back season opener against a ranked team ever. Um, so wow. they never opened two straight seasons winning against a ranked opponent. So I'm interested to look at. It. Although this year will be the same team, so we'll see. Well, uh, we'll find out soon. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go with our Saturday slate. And the first game is going to be easy. Somebody that's probably beaten a ranked opponent the first week of the season for the last however many years, which is the Georgia Bulldogs, back-to-back national champions. They're playing UT Martin. Um, if you haven't heard of them, that's why we don't have a spread on this game. Clint, what do you got? Dude, UT Martin, I don't know if y'all been paying. I'm just kidding, dude. I, I mean, I don't even know what to even say about this game. Uh, I, you start third string for Georgia just to get them some you know, some playing time before they actually get into some football games. Um, no, nah, it's going to be a good game for them to get their quarterback situation figured out and solidified, hopefully. Um, if you can even do that against a team like this, nothing against uh, UT Martin. But, um, yeah, you won't have to tune in to, to know what happens in this game. Georgia's going to win big. Yeah, there's no spread, so you can give me whatever points, unless it's 60 points. But even then, who knows, maybe. But um, this will be a good game to get reps in, to uh, see that new quarterback in action. Um, I mean, get five-star guys to get their reps in. What are we talking about? This game ain't <laughs> going to be close. It's just a part of Georgia's real easy schedule they have um, until they play off, uh, you know, as y'all would say. So um, this will be well, a, an easy cakewalk for Definitely, Definitely won't be a cupcake. Uh, moving on to a game that we do have a spread, albeit a rather large one. Michigan's open up their season versus East Carolina at noon on Saturday. The line right now is 36. Michigan's 36-point favorites. Jacob, when the, when you see these lines like this, does it worry you that are you starting to think like, all right, you know, three touchdown lead, four touchdown lead? Like how in-depth are you going at it? Like to me, 36 points is a lot. So how are you kind of leaning in this game? Well, I definitely am leading Michigan in this game. Um, I would even probably take them to cover those 36 points. Um, East Carolina was – it doesn't matter really who they play. They're not – East Carolina is not really a great team. But, again, Michigan, we all – I think we all took them to win the Big Ten, didn't we? I wrote down the – I think we did, it. yeah. I believe we all three did. So, I mean, if we're having them win, they're, they're crushing this team. So I definitely think um, they're going to easily cover this 36. I mean, the over under is actually 51 and a half. So it's not like East Carolina is going to get many points based on the over under either. So I I think Michigan's got so much coming back. They're just going to hit the ground running kind of deal compared to that, you know, Georgia, that just, uh, I mean, they're going to hit the ground running against UT Martin, but like, Michigan has people that's been there. They're returning so many guys and stuff. So this is going to be a cakewalk. So you're taking Michigan in the 36 oh. points, Clint. What do you uh, What do you like I'll about that spread? For a Hello, Clint's lost in the in the tropical storm. <laughs> Maybe. So I'll go ahead and say, man, this is tough. I'm and I'm trying to I'm trying to see what East Carolina's record was last year because East Carolina's always had like a pretty like decent team. Um, they've had some right. good guys from their coaching staff the last few years go to some other places. So. I think 36 is a lot. Um, so I'm actually going to take the points here. I think, I mean, I think Michigan will win by 30, but I'm going to take, I'm going to take 36. I'm going to take East Carolina and the points there. Um, to me, I just think early on in the year, you know, they might be up by 25, 30 at halftime. They'll put some backups in. So I think, I think we're going to be around the 30, 
30 point mark, but 36, I'll uh, I'll take the points there. Clint, what do you got? 36 point favorites, so Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, y'all got me good. You can hear me? Yeah, yep. we got you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, from what I heard anyway, I, I think I agree with you guys. It's going to be, <clears throat> I, I get it, 36 is a big number, but this is Michigan who might be even a little bit better uh, this year than they were last year offensively. So um, it's going to be, in my opinion, one of those situations where um, we're watching the game. We're like, oh, geez. Yeah. Like, why didn't we take and They might cover by the first half. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely, I'm going to take Michigan and uh, lay the points 36. Uh, Jacob, you had the same thing, right? Yep. I'm okay. a Michigan. Yeah. Yep. Y'all two had the same thing. So, this next game, man, Ohio State um, at Indiana. To me, man, like early in the year, I just I always had this like memory of Ohio State playing some not so great conference opponent. And early on in the game, it's a close game. I'm like, this is it. This is the year we have an upset. And then second half, Ohio State kind of, you know, puts the metal, uh, pedal to the floor and just ends up winning by 20, 30 points. To me, still an, a conference game, you know, and it's at Indiana, 30 points is a lot. Um, this is, man, this is kind of tough. And it would almost be going opposite from what I picked last time, but I, I think I'm not. To me, man, it's like, I, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Like, I mean, I, we know who the quarterback's going to be, but I believe. It's, but it's not going to be CJ Shroud. It's not going to be anybody that's come in here and played a lot before. That kind of worries me. Um, I think I'm going to take the points, man. I'm going to give I'm going to give Indiana 30 and a half. Um, it's going to be close, but uh, that's kind of that's kind of how I'm leaning. Just because it's the first game, it's at Indiana. Maybe they can make it a close one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to take uh, Ohio State and lay the points. I mean, again, big number. I know it's Indiana. You know, it's uh, in conference game and first game of the year. Quarterback question, kinda. Um, but Indiana turns over a whole lot, and uh, I think again, Ohio State has so much talent that I mean, you could you put my son and as quarterback, and <laughs> the, the, all that talent just to be like, just give me the ball, and I'll I'll take care of the rest. Um, so so yeah. I, not going to overthink this one too much. It is at Indiana, so eh, you might be a little bit worried about that. But <clears throat> again, I'm I'm not going to bet against Ohio State at this point in the season uh, before we even get started. So yeah, uh, give me Ohio State minus the uh, what thirty and a half. Thirty and a half. Yes, thirty yeah. and a half. Yep, I'm with I'm with y'all too. I'm I'm going to take Ohio State to cover those points. Uh, Indiana was four and eight last year. Hundred best best offense. Hundred twentieth best defense. So this was probably projected to be the best offense. Or one of the top five best offenses, so they're gonna definitely. I, I got yeah, Ohio State covering that. All right, so we got a little seven thirty kickoff in the SEC, big time matchup. Alabama taking on Middle Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> Alabama's thirty nine point favorites in this one. Um, they they have a uh, quarterback competition. My understanding is that Nick Saban's press conference earlier in the week stated that. This competition is not going to end after the first game. It's going to continue after that. So expect both quarterbacks at Alabama to get a lot of playing time, maybe even a third. I'm not sure. But with the the dual quarterbacks, I don't think it's going to matter. I think I think Alabama is going to cover the spread easily. So I'm taking Alabama in the 39 points. What do you got, Jacob? Yeah, Bama's been talking for the past couple weeks about playing some bully ball. They want to bring the old Alabama back and just really run through teams and just out physical them. Um, they're going to do that here. I think. Saving when you get a a piss saving, I mean you're gonna. Sorry, Middle Tennessee, you're gonna get an ass whooping kind of deal. So yeah, Bama covering the thirty nine points. Dude, this is a big number, uh, and I get it, it's Alabama and Middle Tennessee, 
this I and obviously we've been talking about big numbers so far between Michigan and Ohio State games and stuff like that. But I I think Middle Tennessee uh, last year they were they were pretty bad at keeping people out of their backfield on offense. So I think it's as much as they're trying uh, Alabama's trying to figure out their quarterback situation. I think uh, uh, Middle Tennessee is just not even going to have the ball. Like as soon as they get it, it's going to be a three and out situation or a turnover. And uh, yeah. I, that's that's a big number, but I, I think they're also got a point to prove, right? We we've talked about this uh, LSU coming on uh, coming up, and A and M's trying to uh, obviously make their statement too that that last year was a fluke. Um, so I, I think Alabama is sitting there going, "Hey, we're still here, and the the, the dynasty is not over." Uh, so reluctantly, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Alabama uh, and lay the points. So. Right. I I definitely think the 39 points are going to be covered easily because they're trying to every quarterback's going to come in there and going to try to light it up. I mean, they're trying to prove to Saban that he that they're going to be able to get that starting position, you know. Um Jalen Miller is going to light it up and then I, I forget about Tyler Buckner being there. I think he really wants to prove, hey, I came from Notre Dame. I'm I'm big time too. So that's why I think they're going to cover the 30. Yeah, man. When these 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 big numbers are tough, though. <laughs> it is the biggest spread out of the top 25. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, we need to start arguing on some of these. Uh, we keep picking the same crap. We need to... I mean, we got I, a lot I've of been, layups. I've, I've, been, I've been different a couple of times. But yeah, when you get these blowouts, man, it's like, that's pretty easy. So another big spread coming up, uh, which if Alabama, Middle Tennessee is the highest, this one's right behind it at 38 points. Uh, Southern Cal is playing Nevada. That's at 630 on Saturday. So Nevada and San Jose State are in the same conference. Nevada's significantly worse record last year. I think they won two games. Um, they Yikes. struggled last year, only 18 points a game on offense. They do have a slew of transfers coming in. They got a guy from Colorado. They actually have a receiver from Southern Cal. Um, but my understanding is that offensive line is an issue. And if you're already struggling to score points, I don't care who you got coming in at the skill positions. If you don't have an O-line, it's not going to help. So I was actually like initially looking at this game um, before we started, I'm like, you know what? Based on how USC played last week, 38 seems like way too much. You know, I think whatever 30 is probably a good number, but I don't know if they're going to do the 38. And the more I look at Nevada, and like I said, San Jose State's a decent team last year, went to a bowl game. I think 38 is uh, going to be pretty doable out there. Um, and it's a 6:30 kickoff, so we might actually get to watch some of it for the first half. It'll be a little that entertaining, was, I guess. That was so, my point. Six thirty. Like I, I can actually watch it now that we know about right. that five star freshman, um, Zachariah Branch. Like Clint was talking about earlier, that I'm excited to actually tune in and watch him, um, and really focus on him and, and see more of Marshawn Lloyd as well. But uh, the over under is actually sixty six and a half, so th- that's built into hey this defense too. Um, USC's defense is not good as we saw last last week. Um, so. The higher over under than some of the, even Bama at thirty nine point spread it was only fifty one over over under um so this one's got a much higher one because they're factoring that that defense so um I like to see those those two players and I like to see this defense kind of keep it well under that um over under number I I think I'm gonna take I think I'm gonna take Nevada uh, one just to just to spite us agreeing all the time uh so we have something to talk about but uh. Yeah, I, I understand with USC and uh, Nevada is not a great team, but uh, that 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 defense. I mean, it's a, it was the same thing that we were just talking about. And again, I'm not trying right. to be doom and gloom. I'm not trying to uh, 
<clears throat> burn everything down now and say USC has no chance of making playoffs. But uh, you got to start showing me something. Uh, and 38 is a lot. And like J- uh, Jacob was talking about uh, the with the, the over-under being as high as it is, uh, that tells me Vegas sees the uh, Nevada scoring some points. So right. um, if that's the case, and for the uh, for the sake of us having some uh, skin in the game against each other, I'm going to take Nevada plus the points at 38. Well, I will say, and to your point, so Nevada's quarterback is uh, Brandon Lewis. He started at Colorado in 2021 as a freshman. Apparently, he's a really good runner, so I think that could be a problem for USC. He threw, looks like he threw 10 touchdowns or three interceptions that first year as a freshman. He only played in two games last year, so first year kind of came in. Uh, obviously, it was pretty productive for a Colorado team that wasn't very good last year. Definitely wasn't good two years ago. Uh, completion percentage was under 60, so not ideal. But he's, he's, got, he's got some legs he can work with. That's so definitely going to put some pressure on that defense. And I think that's definitely going to be a problem for USC. But you're right. If you look at the spread the way you just said it, both of you, they're obviously lending Nevada to score some points. And when that happens, yeah, you never know. I mean, I, I think it's going to be like the last one, man. It's going to start off like with kind of slow and then USC will end up taking it over. But, but yeah. I'm still yeah. going to take the 38, but that's a lot, man. You are going to take it. I'm, I'm going to have Nevada covered that so okay okay Switch yeah, it I, up. I, I got you said that so yep that defense no, I, I can't I trust that defense on, yet I thought you're on the other side I can't trust the defense either but I also don't trust any of these teams are playing either like come on like what are we right. doing yeah. I think Nevada also too has their top receivers coming back and uh I think you might have mentioned it uh, if you did I'm sorry I missed it uh, they got a running back from Oregon I forget his name um he transfers in too so uh, again, I know we talked about the line and stuff. Of course, it's going to be an issue for them, but uh, 38 points, uh, and, and USC failed to cover last week. So, um, yeah, show me something. And until then, uh, give me the points. Yeah, I don't know a lot about them, but Sean Dollars is the running back from Oregon, and then John Jackson, the third receiver that transferred from uh, USC. Okay, yeah. Uh, next up, which to me is an easy choice. <laughs> Um, probably the easiest one we've picked so far. Penn State uh, and West Virginia. That's 730 really? Saturday night. Going to be on NBC. What do you got, Jacob? I'm surprised you said the easiest choice of them so far. Me too. You thinking UT Martin's better than West Virginia or something? No. Uh, I'm not saying they're better than West Virginia, but I'm high on this Penn State team, and this West Virginia team ain't that good. So I'm taking Penn State in 20 Oh, and a half you're talking about based day. on the spread. I was like, I thought you were going to say yeah. it's a closer game. My bad. No, 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 no. I just meant me pick, picking a spread that's, you know, a I pretty high you. spread still is like an easier one to pick like than these 30-point ones. Like, I think Penn State's going to win by 20 easily. I think okay. they're going to – I think that running back duo is just going to absolutely run like – 200 plus yards out like it's just gonna be a it's gonna be a long night for the mountaineers i'll say that i got you no i'm, I'm totally with you i'm i'm interested to see a primetime nbc game um drew aller i'm still that stuck with me since you said that last podcast that drew aller is six five like 240 something like i'm ready to see white boy cam newton come in there they say like he's he's like josh allen is like the you know the uh the equivalent or whatever, the, the prospect or whatever. So I'd, I'd like to see him run some and I'd like to see if he's got this huge arm too. So I'm I'm I think PSU will will um cover that twenty and a half. I'm about to upset you and your your Penn State boys, JC. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Go ahead, bring it. Honestly, if this was at twenty one, I would feel more comfortable taking West Virginia. I'm gonna do it anyway, just because 
scare money don't make money. And I've already talked about how I lose money every year. <laughs> so daddy ain't scared. Give me West Virginia and the 20 and a half. Let me, it's not that I think Penn State's bad and I think they're actually going to be a, a, a problem for Ohio State and Michigan this year. Uh, first game of the year, new quarterback. <clears throat> and West Virginia is not coming out to light it up either. They're replacing a lot as well. So having said that, I think both teams are going to keep it on the ground a lot this game. And uh, I think, isn't this the, I just remember this, isn't this the year that they start the um, no stopping the clock on first downs? That is correct. Yeah, okay. not to the final two minutes. And I don't know if that's just the fourth quarter or is that every quarter? I don't know if you guys are aware. Or no better than me, uh, but I know the final two minutes and at one point they they will stop it. Right. Uh, point being, yep. with the change, if that is implemented this year, uh, you're going to, even if it's minor, you're going to lose a few possessions just from the clock running out. Um, right. So, it is, so I don't think that Penn State's bad. I think they're going to easily win. It's going to look like Penn State won easily. However, just the way I feel, feel like this game is going to play out with them making sure they don't, they don't make too many mistakes first game of the year, especially for Penn State, keeping things on the ground, make sure that quarterback's good and comfortable because they have several games before, I think, before they play anybody that they're really worried about. Uh, so I think they're going to try to take things nice and easy, mitigate some mistakes by keeping the ball on the ground, um, and they won't quite cover. If they do, I think it's going to be at the very end. But uh, yeah, give me give me West Virginia in the points we'll see and and that your point actually helps my point because you're right there's going to be less possessions in the game and with penn state's running ability west virginia is not going to get the ball that often and i don't think west virginia's offense is good enough that they're going to score on every single possession like they're going to need to do to beat this team i think this running back duo is too dangerous and then if drew aller wants to have some fun out there granted this isn't like a ut martin so he's not going to just be able to do whatever he wants but I just think this this ground game is just too much. So I think they're gonna take take the clock to their advantage and and use a lot of up a lot of it. And then West Virginia just is gonna need to take advantage of every time they get the ball, which, like you said, is gonna be a lot less than uh, on average, I guess, at college football as a whole. I mean, I hear you, and I think we're looking at the same thing in the green. We're just seeing it from two different sides, I guess. I don't know. Uh, no, no, no. I, no, you're right, because it's, it's just the, the points. Were they going to win by 20 or are they going to win by fucking yeah. 15? And again, if it was 21, I would feel a little bit more comfortable. 20 and a half, I'm like, okay, that kind of sucks. But, I, you know, I've already said it. So, yeah, right. West Virginia, all day, baby. Well, if it makes you feeling better, you can take my spread. They're going to win by 21. So, okay, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna give me that point. Can I buy a half point? You half point's making can you buy feel a vowel. You can buy a vowel. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> oh, all right. So, uh, probably our uh, I guess besides the Utah floor game for Saturday, the first uh game that we cover so far that actually has a, a spread less than 20 points is going to be Washington versus Boise State. Washington's coming in ranked number 10 in the country. That's going to be a 330 kick on Saturday. Clint, how do you feel about this game? Boise State's one of those teams that I think that I have some bias from the last few years. They're always kind of overachieving, still kind of always in the national narrative. Obviously, as of late, that, that hasn't been the case. But how do you feel 14 and a half coming uh, out of that game? So I upset you and your Penn State boys this last pick. I'm going to upset right. Jacob and his, I his Michael Penix. I was thinking Penix. when JC first <laughs> mentioned this game, like, boys, do not do it to me today. But Dude, here we are. I wasn't even on my mind until Clint brought it up, so I appreciate you. <laughs> I literally wouldn't be surprised if you turn around that Clemson jersey has Penix names on it. Just just out of, like, I think it does. fandom. Yeah. No, so, uh, again, I I think Washington, good team. Um, again, Penix, good quarterback. I don't know if he's as good as I think a lot of 
a lot of the country thinks he is. Uh, maybe you know, I'm no expert. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But like JC was saying, Boise kind of does this thing where they they win a lot. I don't think they've had a losing season in God knows how long. Um, and uh, it's they're, they're both going to be able to score. I I just don't think that um, Washington is, is going to be more than two touchdowns uh, favorite. I. Again, what was 14 and a half? Y'all said 14 and a half. I had it right here, but I lost it. 14 and a half. Okay. Um, and Boise kind of developed a, a run game in the second half of last year uh, that started shredding people apart. And I think they're going to try to, to, to bring that to this year. Um, again, I don't think Washington's bad. This is more of a first game of the year type thing where, again, we're talking about mitigating mistakes. Uh, don't get too crazy. And, um, I think it's just going to be a lot of it's going to be on the ground. So, yeah, give me give me Boise to keep it closer than than Vegas thinks. Give me give me the points. All right, Jacob. So tell us about the inspiration <laughs> for your lower back tattoo and why Washington's going to beat Boise State by fourteen. I don't think they and will actually. Boise State's Ooh. better than than I remember them being last year. They ended up being uh ten and four last year um, with the fifteenth best defense in the nation. That kind of surprised me. And like Clint was saying, they they brought on the running game last year. Well, uh, they bring that leading rusher back, um, George Halani, uh, with over 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. And they're bringing the same quarterback back, Taylor Green, um, who threw for 2,000 yards and 14 touchdowns last year. And he also ran for 10 touchdowns and almost 600 yards. Um, so this is no slouch uh, for Washington to just kind of run right through. Um, I definitely think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The over-under is 58.5, but I definitely I think Boise State is going to stay within 14.5, so I'll take Boise to, to cover that. I'm going to agree with you on that because looking at this quarterback matchup, so Taylor Green's six foot six. so if, if yeah, you're excited yeah. about Drew Aller, this dude's six six. Fre- last year he came in, supposed to be a backup, wins Mountain West freshman of the year. Like you said, they go 10-4, and four, really good defense. The running back, you mentioned ran for 1,000 yards last year, ran for 1,000 yards the year before that so they got some experience they got a young quarterback i would say maybe but and and this isn't even being biased i think just this is a a national uh viewpoint for the most part obviously drake may spencer rattler quarterback matchup for the weekend this might be a sneaky number two when you got this guy coming in and Penix jr um and if boise state pulls this win off like we might start seeing taylor green and and some different conversations i think it's going to be close man um and i don't believe in washington enough that they're going to win by by more than 14 or 14 and a half. So I'm actually going to take, I'm going to take the points as well and uh, look for Boise State to keep this thing close. Yep. Y'all surprised me. Good deal. It's that quarterback play, man. Speaking of quarterback play, I know we found out some information today about JT Daniels. He's going to be playing Texas for the third time this season on a, no, I'm going to mess it up even though we already you said it, it wrong. Just like third, you texted it wrong. Third, yeah. third time in his career, he's going to be playing Texas. Um, this time it's going to be on a different team. So Texas plays Rice on Saturday. Texas is 35-point favorites. Jacob, I mean, what are we thinking? 35 points is a lot, not a lot. JT Daniels is a guy. And you, now just be careful because Penix Jr. might be listening, but <laughs> Jesus, don't lie. No, I'm, I, done. I'm done. I'm done. 35 points is a lot. Um, I know it's Rice. I don't know if Rice has won a football game in 10 years. I really couldn't tell you. At least one. Um, I maybe one, but uh, to, the biggest surprise is like, like you said in the group chat today that JT Daniels is at Rice. 
I mean, we've done so much research on the, you know, the Power Five conferences. I certainly didn't think about Rice, but I know he's kind of flopped around, been been around to a couple places. But JT Daniels is there, so I think he personally, if nothing else, the end of the game could kind of keep them within thirty-five. That's that's quite quite the amount. I mean, it is Texas, and Texas has got a hell of a roster this year, but they also are still in the Big Twelve. <laughs> One more year at least, there's a Big Twelve defense in there somewhere. You know, they always give up points. It's always a super high scoring game, so. I think Rice could uh, could definitely keep it within their plot. Uh, I'm I'm kind of torn on this one. I want to lean Texas because I think they just they're going to be so potent on offense that it, they're going to fall into 35 points. Um, but the one thing to think about is next week. Um, so week two, uh, Texas plays Alabama and. I'm not sure how much of their hand they're going to want to show out the gate. Um, I don't know if it's going to be them holding back a whole lot. Uh, I, I think they want to get their their team greased up and rolling pretty good going into Alabama. <clears throat> but then again, you know how this this all goes. Any advantage these teams can get, if they can hold back some of that playbook before they play a team like Alabama, they might do it. So um, I want to lean Rice. And the points, but I just uh, with with how prolific Texas is, uh, at least how I see them coming in this year with their offense, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the points. I'm gonna take Texas minus the thirty five. Yeah, I'm. I I thought that's the way you're going because to me, yeah, they might hold back, but to me, it's like absolutely just put a stomping on them and and show Alabama you're ready. Right. Um, if I don't know if this is gonna affect anybody's judgment, but Luke McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey's brother, is a wide receiver for for rice um so he's got some athletic genes over, over there you they actually have a pretty good receiver court they've had two guys him 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 included um they had another guy that had 800 yards catching last year but McCaffrey had 58 catches 720 yards and six touchdowns last year so they got some athletic guys on the outside him and a couple other guys that i think they'll score some points but man it's gonna be hard not to pick texas in 35 um ah dude i i should have this should have been. This might be one of the tougher ones too. Yeah. Um, I, man, JT Daniels is good, but this is a five and eight team coming back. I, uh, I think it's gonna be. Nope. Nope. I switch. I changed my mind. Changed my mind. I'm taking. I'm taking the points. I'm taking taking Rice in the points. Give me. Give me thirty five for Rice. Ooh. Luke Luke McCaffrey is gonna make some plays. Um, they're gonna want to get the Arch Manning sooner than later because they're not gonna be able to play him in the Alabama game. So they're going to try to get up early, and it's just not going to happen. So okay. give me give me thirty five. Yeah, go owls. I just threw Texas A and M out there. It's the wrong one, but <laughs> watch watch Horns down. Uh, uh, oh my God, his name. We were just talking about him. Um, the quarterback Rice. Jesus Christ. JT Daniels. Uh, J Daniels. Yeah. Um, watch his big like middle finger to all the other teams he played for is upset Texas. We. <laughs> Dude, that would and be ruin the whole season, man. And that would be like so college football, right? It, it, week one, we're talking about Texas. It, can they score thirty-five or forty? And here comes JT Daniels, the uh, the redheaded bastard of college football, comes in and makes an upset happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Obviously, dude, but I feel sure so there's funny. not a single podcast that has talked about that today. Going that in depth on Rice, knowing who they got, and then no made shot. that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like. That would be yeah. the biggest F you to the whole college football landscape if he did yeah. that and just ruined Texas season right off the bat. I mean, uh-huh. I'm here for the chaos. So, oh, yeah. So bring it on. Well, 
moving on from the chaos to I think that's a game that's not going to be that exciting, even though I'm not super big on Joe Milton. Um, Tennessee versus Virginia. This is going to be in Tennessee. It's a noon kickoff on Saturday. Jacob, I know Tony Elliott's over there. Um, we spoke about kind of the trials and tribulations they had last year, um, more so off the field. That is hard to quantify. Um, something unexpected is something totally out of your control. With that, that being said, and, and just with how the team struggled last year, 28 points is a lot. Tennessee's got a lot of guys coming back, but they also, you know, they, they lose Hendon Hooker. They lose Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt. So they, they do lose some productivity. Is 28 points fair? Is this is this going to be more of a reflection on uh, Virginia's talent as opposed to maybe Tennessee might not be what they, what they were last year? Um, but to me, 28 points still seems kind of doable. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, you you place that you frame that very well. Um, this game is in Nashville, Tennessee, um, so it's not at Rocky Top, which is kind of funny. But oh, you're uh, right. Virginia and Virginia Tech, both for the past couple of years, even before Tony Elliott, they just hadn't they haven't been there. Um, I still remember as a Clemson fan growing up, like I was scared to go play at Virginia Tech and stuff. And just that whole state just has not been good, and that's that's a shame. Um, this is a noon kickoff, and the my, uh, Tennessee being favorite 28, I was honestly expecting a little more than that. So I personally want to take Tennessee to cover those 28 points. Cool. Um, Virginia is just going to take a minute to get things rolling. Um, and and I, just again, from the little bit I can tell you that I remember from <laughs> rewatching the Clemson-Tennessee game last year was just Tennessee was bigger um, than a lot of Clemson here and there, like the receivers and stuff. So I feel like that's going to be, you know, the the big thing here for Virginia is this may be like a true like SEC, you know, just the the, the line is just bigger than Virginia because Virginia just doesn't have the the recruits that Tennessee does across the board. So I I definitely think that they're going to kind of you know make a statement win off off the off the rip here. Um, so I got Tennessee to cover the twenty eight. Yeah, I I know I gave my little spiel, but that's going to be my my final answer as well as Tennessee and <laughs> definitely being able to cover that. What do you think, Clint? Yeah, yeah, I pretty much agree with you boys. Again, Virginia coming off of what you know what happened in them last year and stuff. <clears throat> um, it, Milton, I know it's kind of a question mark. Obviously talented, but uh, accuracy has been an issue. Uh, but I don't see Virginia being a team that really exposes that. And uh, what, what what little defense Virginia does have, I think it's just going to wear out super quick with what Texas or I'm sorry Tennessee is going to bring. And uh, if Joe Milton, he might he might just be the guy this year. He might he might have kind of remedied some of the accuracy issues and stuff like that. I don't think so. But if it is still an issue, again, I don't think Virginia is going to expose it. Uh, so uh, at 28, I, I definitely think um, Tennessee is four touchdowns better than Virginia. So yeah, give me Tennessee. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that, man. I don't I don't think he's magically got his accuracy after being in college football for the last five years, but. That being said, I don't think it matters on, on this Saturday. I think 28 is going to be pretty easy. The next three games are going to kind of breeze by. There's not even a line for the next three, um, and, and you'll hear why. So we got Notre Dame coming in at rank number 13, coming off a week zero win. They're going to be playing Tennessee State. I mean, that's going to be a win. I, I'd probably say 30 points if I had to guess. Um, you guys boys got anything on that? No, they're just another another game to kind of keep rolling for, for Notre Dame. So they're going to easily uh... – carry that one yep uh, uh, Notre Dame's gonna win big yeah 
The next one, um, Oregon's playing Portland State. The only reason I ever heard of Portland State is because they've made it to March Madness one year. I was like a 15 seed. So other than that, I don't know a lot about Portland State. Other than there's not a line, so Oregon by a lot. Yeah, uh, I know, Jacob, you, you're pretty high on Oregon this year. It's going to be fun to see how they start off the year, and, um, and maybe they can find a little more defense in USC if they can. Um, it should make for an interesting year for the Pac-12. Yes, and, and this is where the Bo Nix stat padding begins. You right. literally took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, that's all this is, right? Just Heisman stat padding, just go off, at yeah. least for the first half. I'd, I'd like to see them, even if they're up like 25, 30 points, I'd like to see him play at least a third quarter, too, you know? I'm sure he will, with it being the first game, yeah. yeah. Next one's going to be the 16th-ranked Kansas State. They're playing southeast to Missouri State. That'll be 7 o'clock on Saturday night. Give me a, give me southeast Missouri State to shock the world week one. Said no one ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kansas State, big game. Uh, I think they, they have a lot to say, though, about about their chances for for the Big 12. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about Texas and Oklahoma with their reloaded class and the, the transfer portal, and then TCU, if, if they're going to carry over what they did last year. Kansas State's like, hey, hey, we're, we're a good team too. So uh, I, I have a feeling they're going to come out and try to make a statement win pretty big. Yeah, you're going to need a lot of money to, to, to buy those points if that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Kansas State's going to win that game. Move on. <laughs> I'll say this is going to be definitely one of the most talked about games um, of the year just because this team's going to have a lot of, a lot of eyes on it. I'm, I'm speaking of Colorado. So TCU ranked 17th in the nation. They're going to be playing Colorado. That's a noon kickoff. T- TCU comes in as 20.5-point favorites. This one I'm kind of torn about because TCU loses some productivity. Obviously, being Max Duggan, they lose their offensive coordinator, um, Garrett Riley. I'm sorry. Yes, Garrett Riley. I almost mixed them up. Colorado obviously had an influx of players leave. They also have a lot of guys coming in. The guys coming in, I would say, overall, are more talented than the guys that were there. Um, quarterback, Shadur Sanders. Obviously, you have Travis Hunter playing cornerback and receiver. With that being said, my worry is that you can bring in all these talented guys. Um, this isn't baseball. Like you got you to gotta form some team chemistry, and I don't think that can be done over a summer. So even though they brought in 53 or – I don't have how many players it is that they've brought in. I don't know if they have enough week one – um, to necessarily make an impact, I think over the over the course of the season, I'd say they're they're gonna get better. But twenty and a half points is a lot. But again, I I don't know really how TCU TCU is gonna look coming in. Clint, what do you think? I know we've talked in depth about Colorado and the transfer portal. We've covered TCU, obviously what they did last year. Is twenty and a half points doable for Colorado? Or are they still too far out? Uh, <clears throat> I think it's too far out. Uh, my sentiments are almost exactly like yours. Uh, all this talent coming in, or uh, Obviously, it's an upgrade for Colorado, but again, has it gelled? Like y'all haven't played a game yet, uh, and we all know camp is nothing like you know those first snaps of the regular, you know, the, the first game of the season when you're right. actually getting smacked in the mouth or things like that. Now, don't get me wrong; I think there's going to be some some talent out there for Colorado. It's going to make some big plays, but again, Colorado, I think is is trying to run more of an up tempo offense, and that's first game of the year, completely new team. I think like too deep; they're almost completely new players, uh, new coaches across the board, and you're trying to run an up-tempo offense, you have to have a lot of coordination. Has to, things have to be perfectly timed out for that to work. I think you're going to see some big plays, but I don't think they're going to be strung together to make successful drives often. So uh, 
I think because of that, and TCU might be even a little bit better this year offensively than they were last. Uh, yeah, than they were last year because they got Chandler Morris coming back. So, again, <clears throat> it, it, it's going to be fun to watch, obviously, because of what Colorado and their storyline is, and TCU, and uh, you know, have they dropped off dramatically from last year, or are they still, you know, going to be a Big Twelve contender? Uh, yeah, give me TCU. I think there's just too much for for Col- Colorado to kind of get figured out game one, especially against a team like this. So uh, give me TCU lay the points. That's a bold statement to say TCU's offense is going to be better than it was last year. To lose yeah, Max I said Duggan. it might be. I didn't say it would be. <laughs> well, I mean, might be. losing <laughs> Max Duggan and yeah. get rally. Okay. We'll yeah. edit that and make sure you were very much like just cemented on the fact that they're yeah. <laughs> best <laughs> offense in the nation. Yeah, exactly. But no, I'm clip it. I actually think, I mean, Colorado, I think, Clint, your, your point before that actually was what I was going to go with <laughs> is um, Colorado bringing in like 50 some new guys. I, I think that they're going to make several mistakes early, um, several like, you know, have several turnovers, you know, just mental mistakes because they just got to get their their guys together, get some mojo to go in. Um, so I think TCU could jump out to a early big lead, but I think Colorado – I don't want to say they're too talented. Like they don't have five stars everywhere. They have a few five stars like Travis Hunter and stuff. Um, I'll be interested to see him play both ways and you know, to see how, you know, Deion Sanders offense and defense kind of just works here. Um, but I think Colorado could, could kind of sneak a backdoor cover at the very end because I think they'll kind of, they're not, they're not talented like an Alabama by any means. Do not, do not get me wrong by saying that, but I think they're too talented to just, you know, lose the TCU by 20, 21 points or more. So, um, but did y'all see Travis Hunter? Uh, he gave out his like Heisman favorites or whatever. Did you see his top four or five or whatever? I, I didn't, I saw like a, a quick like screenshot of it. I want to say he had Shadur Sanders like in the top five with himself. I could be wrong, but I thought he I had, saw that for a second. Yeah. He had Travis Hunter himself. He had winning the Heisman. Then he had Shadur Sanders number two. Then he had Caleb Williams third. And I think like Bo Nix fourth or something like that. So, I mean, he's got confidence. And I know he's talented enough to do it, um, but it, it'll take, it'll take a while to kind of get there. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, if, if, if anyone's going to do it, that's going to be productive. Let him do it. He's going to be playing both ways. So, I mean, and he, I even, I looked it up on the website. Like he is listed as, playing wide receiver and cornerback so it's always it's funny when i see highlights of him in practice like making uh like catches over people in the end zone i'm like wait is he playing corner in this instance is he playing receiver like he's just so athletic that like i said I, i've seen some clips of him i'm like i can't tell if he's playing corner or receiver but he's, he's making some crazy catches over people so I, i'm right. i think i'm gonna go with you guys man it's i think they're gonna be some exciting moments i almost want to say fox and they're like big noon kickoff kind of pregame show they're equivalent to game day i think is gonna be at that game for Dion's first game so th- there'll be some hype around it but yeah I-, I think it's just too early and tcu's too good of a team that 20 and a half is gonna be uh too much to to cover so i'm gonna take okay. the 20 and a half and tcu there i think most of the country is on y'all's side compared to mine but i just i feel like they've got to cover at least but go ahead. Hey, that, I mean, look, I, th- I think it's just one everyone's going to tune in, right? Like, regardless of how you feel, how people, that's kind of what Deion Sanders does. He's polarizing. So people feel very strongly about him one way or the other. So that makes people tune in. Next game, we got um, 19th ranked Wisconsin Badgers. They're playing Buffalo. It's a 28 point spread. To me, this is easy. I, I like Wisconsin in this. And I, I, I like, I think the 28 is a good number. So I'm taking them in 28. What do you got, Jacob? Yeah, make this kind of quick. I'm interested to see Wisconsin's new offense. Um, like we talked about during the 
the Big Ten thing. It was like a you know an air raid style, but it's not necessarily air raid. I'm like I'd like to see that transition um, and see Luke Fickle's team uh, in the first week. But I, I definitely think Wisconsin will cover those 28 points. Might surprise you. Uh, I'm obviously big on Wisconsin, but I'm actually going to take Buffalo in the points. Um, it's at 28, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, like y'all talked about, I think they're they're changing their offense a little bit, score a little more. Um, but again, first game of the year, I, they're going to try to take things a little bit slow, make sure they don't you know create too many mistakes for themselves and put themselves in the bad spot the first game of the year. Four touchdowns, that's, that's a lot. Uh, again, I know it's Buffalo, um, but they're not a terrible team. And uh, I think they, they did pretty good last year controlling the clock. They had a, a lot of time of possession. So it might be one of those things, like I was mentioning earlier, uh, a lot of the games kept on the ground for a good bit. The clock's just running, and by the end of the game, again, we're, we're probably looking at the Washington saying, yeah, Wisconsin definitely a really good team. The score just might not indicate a blowout loss. So if if uh, they scored four touchdowns and it's still pushed, give me, yeah, give me Buffalo in the points. It's a good pick. Yeah, that'll be, I mean, it's just going to be interesting. Like I said, obviously, Graham Mertz is leaving, who they got coming in. They always have a strong run game. But the overrunner is at 54, so I, I really wouldn't be surprised if it does swing that way. The yeah. next one, uh, we got Oklahoma and Arkansas State, 36-point favorites for the Sooners. Jesus. Yeah. This, is a, this is a wild number. 36 for uh, an Oklahoma team we know, really don't know much about. That shouldn't be um, ranked in the top 25. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to take Arkansas State and the, the plus 36, just because that's a, to me, that's a really big number. Um, yeah, I just... Well, there's a lot of answers, or sorry, a lot of questions that need to be answered for this Oklahoma team. I again, I don't think they could be bad. They could be wrong. They they could win by forty. Um, but again, it's kind of a show me type thing. Um, the Oklahoma has a lot of transferring in, but again, kind of like we talked about Colorado, not maybe not as extreme as Colorado, but still, how how much have you gelled in fall camp, and how how much is that really going to translate into to game time speed? And it, it takes a few games sometimes. Um, so yeah, uh, again, Oklahoma's going to win the game, but <clears throat> I don't think it's going to be by 36 points. Give me Arkansas State. Okay, well, I'll go the other way with that. I think Oklahoma will make a statement. Arkansas State last year was, they had like two wins, I, th- I think. Um, we're not a great team. So I think Oklahoma's out to, I think there's a lot, as you notice, in a lot of these games, there's not a, a bunch of big match mac- matchups and there's a, you know, huge spreads and stuff. So I think there's a lot of, uh, statement games i think a lot of these teams you know get some not so good opponents so they can kind of get their their wheels moving and kind of get a good footing for the year so i think this is one of those games oklahoma's wanting to make a statement say hey we're here this this creates momentum for the rest of the season so i I do think oklahoma will cover the 36 so (laughs) i i have some good reasonings for my thought process for arkansas state winning this game (laughs) Uh okay, what? just kidding. <laughs> not oh, not dude. winning not not winning the game, but they're gonna they're gonna cover, and this is why. One, because I'm not a believer in Oklahoma yet, and it's not even to do with Venables and his Clemson ties. It's more the fact that they won five games last year. They still ranked them top twenty, which uh, which I strongly disagree with. And then just look at some of the roster, right? So yeah, they won three games last year. They lost Ohio State forty five to twelve, so not a good look. They're picked to finish like middle of the pack in the Sun Belt. JT Stroud's their quarterback. He started nine games from Colorado last year. Before that, he was at Tennessee. So a decent prospect coming into coming into college. 
like I said, SEC commitment. Now he's coming here, taking over for I think their quarterback actually just like totally quit football as it is. Um, she's there. So I mean, hey, that's a if you're gonna take over a job, that's a way to do it. Um, they have a wide receiver by the name of Corey Rucker who played at Arkansas State, transferred to South Carolina, played at South Carolina, has now transferred back to Arkansas State. So he's he's a guy with some SEC experience. He had some injury issues. Um, he's still young though, but he's six one, two twelve. Got some size on him. Um, he made a, he made some plays for us. Like I said, he he had some injuries for South Carolina, but they got some experience. They got a quarterback that's played, you know, at least a season or almost a season with Colorado last year. Now take that with a grain of salt. They won. I don't think they won any games last year, right? I don't think Colorado won any. Maybe one. So, but they have some experience. I think that's too many points for the first game of the season, for Oklahoma, and I think Arkansas State is going to cover that. It ain't gonna be pretty, but I think they're gonna cover it. I know Oklahoma's winning that game, but like, even after what you just said, but I think we got an Oklahoma hater over here. Look, I was about to say you thing, can't dude. go five and seven and be ranked in the top twenty. You just can't do it. I don't care who you are, bro. Like, who's going that, five and seven doesn't make a bowl game with their expectations and and what? And now they're the twentieth best team in the nation. We would have beat Notre Dame last year. We finished the year with nine wins. They still wouldn't have ranked us top twenty five to start the year. No, I agree, but I I, I definitely think. I appreciate them being ranked, even though I do, I oh, do think... Oh, I'm sure. Well, I, no, I'm saying because I've always looked at preseason rankings as it should be a projection for who they are this season. And like a lot of teams, a lot of times this happens where they... It's definitely there's some bias to what happened last year. And and this Oklahoma team is going to be different than last year's team. I, I have to see it differently. But how? Who Who's coming in that's making that much of an impact? Well, I mean, like we talked about before, they lost a lot of one-score games, and they can easily do that again this year. But I just think that this is going to be a more experienced team, and they've been there, done that. And now second-year head coach is a big thing, too. He's had some experience as a head coach now uh, with Brent Venable. So I I definitely think this is better. They're not ranked like eighth or something like that. They are ranked 20. No, but they were last year. And and offense isn't even the issue. It's the defense, which that's where my problem is. You have a defensive specialist coach, and your defense is terrible. Yeah, at Oklahoma, Big 12 like, defense. And that's what I'm saying. I think right. I've been I've been told that they did not have the right pieces to fit his system. I mean, the, they've got the, a top 5 recruiting class the last 20 years. What more do you need? Well, I mean, I, you know the defensive line that we've had at Clemson for years and Brent Venables has had that at his disposal yeah, to and, use. And Oklahoma's had that too. They've had Gerald McCoy, they've had a bunch of other guys in the past. They have, but in the past, but like it's not what they've had, we've had at Clemson going on. The exactly, past that's why so. you're not ranked 20th in the nation. But uh, he got rid of that those kind of guys, and he's got his own little defense going now. So I, he needs some time, and I think this year's going to be better. I, I don't want to be an Oklahoma Colorado supporter because I would pick Colorado because Clemson's played Oklahoma a lot more than Carolina has, and I don't like him either. We crush him normally, so like I just don't like him either. But I don't want to. I can't know. wait till next year we play at <laughs> Oklahoma. Like I'm probably going to go to the I, game. Please, I just can't wait. I, I wish Oklahoma and Oregon State played this year because JC's head would explode <laughs> because he wouldn't know who to hate more. It would be you know gonna, incredible. This is going to happen. They're both going to finish. They're both going to finish six and six. Or Oklahoma's going to five and seven again, and, and they're, they're going to still put them in a bowl game. And I can't. I'm going to watch the GoDaddy.com bowl, and I'm going to be sitting there with a bag of popcorn. <laughs> I, I think to be fair, though, you got to give Venables a little bit more than the time he's had. Like give give him a couple years. I'm not. Right. I'm not asking for his job. I'm just saying like. Yes, but he's you were saying you were defending it by he, saying like his defense was terrible. It's like okay, it give is. him a second, bro. You it but technically come, is his defense, but he walked into it essentially. Yeah, I agree. He walked into a juggernaut of a team. 
a team offensively. Oklahoma the, has never had a dominant. Right. I won't say never, but they are not known for dominant right. defenses. So yeah. okay, but when's the last time they went five and seven? And it, Riley took half the team with him to uh, USC. So I, again, I I'm not defending the 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 rank twenty thing. I agree. They got to kind of prove something, especially after the year they had last year, the, the year they had last year. But I, I'm also not going to say they're just doo doo. Like I don't think they're, they're I don't f- think they're trash. I just don't think they should be ranked in the top twenty five. Well, I mean, also like if I, you, I just I don't, I don't, I don't. Dude, show me, like I'm not saying don't ever rank them. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and you you will be ranked in the top twenty five. Your schedule allows that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I so, agree. But like, if you did covers, like a that's more reason for them not to be ranked. That's the thing. I think what they do is like you see your recruiting rankings, like the number of five stars and four stars Oklahoma right. has as a team. You can't put them outside the top twenty-five compared to some of these other teams. Like, not if you, I don't care how many five stars. If you can't develop them, this was okay. How about this? If Arkansas State covers, they have to drop at least a spot. Half covers thirty-six. It depends how they cover. Don't give them that line then. They're the twentieth no, best team in the country. They're so good. They should win by thirty-six. <laughs> I, it depends on how they would cover it. I'm gonna, would, where's this game? I don't care what big 12. 12 what, o'clock big, on ESPN. It's, it's in perfect, Oklahoma. Perfect. Perfect. I can't tell if it's Oklahoma you hate or Brett Venables now. It's I'm not confused. Venables. It's just I, anything that comes out of Clemson. It's the principle. Anything that comes out of Clemson, you're just I don't like, mind, screw I don't that, mind Venables. the ground. <laughs> no, Venables <laughs> deserved a head coaching job. Could have got one years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's not Venables. I like Venables. Okay. So it's strictly but, Oklahoma. Just screw that state as a whole. It's just a principle that they're ranking all these teams just because you have a name, but you go you win five games and oh we're gonna put them in the top twenty. Like I don't I don't care what you did. Like they didn't. No, I'm just not. I'm not impressed. This I hope, where I, I hope wish they I had like a, wrong. I hope they proved me wrong. I wish so, I had like okay, a strength of so schedule if, thing here, and I can okay. tell you, hey, they they lost to the, all these really good they teams. Don't, by one I score. guarantee you, they don't have a tough strength of schedule. <laughs> now listen, listen. I know we gotta get some more teams here real quick though. If we're if we're gonna sit here and go off of last year based and, and use that to determine where team should be ranked this year where should tcu be ranked higher than 17 but they where? did lose max duggan but who, that's what i'm saying who did oklahoma game because they were in the playoffs not top four they lost mac duggan in the, okay in the OC. you can't i'm I, i'm just making a point but Again, so, so what, did oklahoma, what did oklahoma gain to be go from unranked five and seven to be the 20th best team who did they get nobody Listen, i i agree no i'm well they <laughs> I think they're projecting TCU, with the transfer class put up, and put having, venables having a, venables having put another TCU year top 12 no, they should be top four for basing off last year. I didn't say that they should be the exact. And that's what same. I'm saying. I I'm just saying you can't. I, you don't have a winning record at all, and you came in. I don't know what Oklahoma's ranked preseason, but like you don't have a winning record in a conference that you're supposed to be the number one team, if not number two, behind Texas. Okay, because like truthfully, okay, th- based on the same conversation, uh, JC, who would be your number one team if you had the preseason rankings of your own? Would it be Georgia or would Georgia. it be Michigan? It's easy. That's Georgia. But Michigan had more coming back, and they had the established running backs and the established more coming back. What just from like from the returning yeah, starters? I get it. I have JJ McCarthy. Like Georgia's got a brand new quarterback, so yeah. Yes, but they, Georgia's Georgia's entire roster as a whole is still better than Michigan's. So that's what I'm saying. They like, went Oklahoma's back to national championships. Roster is much better than yeah. But that's the thing. Georgia did something with their roster. They won two national championships. Oklahoma shit the bed. So just because <laughs> they have good players, they should just be ranked. That's what, that's what gets me mad about Oklahoma and Notre Dame and the Trojans every year is because they have a name that they just get to start the year ranked. And then no. they happen to go undefeated in a shitty conference and they happen <laughs> to make the playoff and then they get bounced by an SEC team or a good Clemson team, whoever. Like, right, so real dude, quick, real quick, is, is, is Oklahoma bowling the, this year? 
Yes, it's Bowling? six and six. Yeah. They're gonna play Oregon yeah. State. No, they should. They <laughs> okay, should, they'll okay. win. No, okay. they won, I don't know what I. No, they'll I win got, eight I got games. You they'll, win, they'll win eight or nine games. They're what gonna you be think, better than last year. What do you think? They're, Oklahoma's, and they're gonna be ranked, but what do you think Oklahoma's strength of schedule was last year? I got the number right here. Out of one hundred thirty-one teams, uh, twenty-eight, tenth. Okay, and you lost five games. Or they were six five and games. seven last year. Okay, I don't have Oklahoma's schedule directly in front of me currently to see who they lost those uh games to but like i'm I'm with you i i appreciate like yeah let's reward the teams that did something last year but that's what i'm saying is i prefer to have the rankings coming into this year based on the projections for the teams that are coming in this year okay so not what they did last year so I actually appreciate TCU is at 17 instead of being at like fifth because they Oklahoma do have should a be lot. ranked higher than Oklahoma shouldn't be ranked higher than North Carolina. North Carolina went started the year nine and one and I get it they lost a bunch of games they go to the ACC championship game and lose to you guys they won nine games or did they win ten I, no who they, I don't know who they played in the bowl game but they won nine games last year nine or ten games and they're ranked behind Oklahoma that's what I'm saying it's just a principle of the fact that like I'm not saying don't rank them I'm not saying don't ever rank them I just don't think they I don't think there's I don't. I forgot what twenty. What is twenty? Like A and M. They didn't have a good year. Tulane for whatever. Iowa. Like okay. North Carolina went nine and five last year. Yeah, it's better than five and seven by a long shot. And they made it to their conference championship game. But their strength of schedule last year was fifty seventh. In my opinion, if that goes just back to the ACC, but between (laughs) between fifteen and twenty five, you could almost interchange most of those teams. Like those rankings, they're just arbitrary, especially yeah. the beginning of the year. I, 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 again, hey, I, I, I preface this by saying I agree with you, JC. Like ranked at twenty, based off of like what? Like we just assume all these transfers are going to be amazing. I agree. I just feel right. like you were like running off of the cliff, and 100%. I was sitting there like, wait, 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 I don't want to jump just yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not so, ready no, to jumping. jump yet. We're yeah. <laughs> no, I hope they prove me wrong. Like I hope they're a good team. I'm just saying, like I, it's honestly because it's the way that whoever the voters do the traditional powerhouses every year. I've seen it with Notre Dame. I've seen it with USC, and now this is like finally they're actually legitimate. Like when's USC in the last ten years been a legitimate team? They haven't been, but they still start every year almost ranked. It makes no sense. Same oh, wait, for Notre Dame. USC, South Dakota. When have they yeah. been legitimate? In the last ten years, when are they actually like a really good team? But besides now with Caleb Williams and Garrett and Lincoln Riley, I'm saying before that, when's okay. the last time they've had? Yeah, they've yeah. been. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They've had, had good quarterbacks. The they've had Sam Darnold. They've had all these like big right. names. But I'm saying like to actually be a contender, they've never made the college football playoff. Right. Yeah. Since what's, what's your point? I don't know what your point is. That, so, I don't think they that, were ranked that, that high. That's before. what I'm saying. I'm not singling out Oklahoma per se. I am in this instance. It's the fact that all these traditional powerhouses get the nod in the year because of their name, not because of what yeah. they do. That's what makes me mad. Right. Like it doesn't so, matter what they like. Miami. Miami's trash, and Miami's <laughs> like they rank Miami. I'm like, what? Miami's terrible. Well, they're not ranked yeah. now, but like, tell me, good. JC, tell be. me your who do you think? I'm trying to recap what you're saying here. Uh, Oklahoma or North Carolina, which team should be ranked higher going into this season? North Carolina. Okay. And they have, which they have, roster... a, Heisman, they have a Heisman candidate at quarterback <laughs> coming back. They won nine games. Not, won nine games, yes. But what roster do you think is better? I think North Carolina is a better team. I don't care about five stars right now. Who's developing? Who's actually playing better? You don't. Okay. So, like right now, Oklahoma and North Carolina play. You think North Carolina is winning that game? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because Oklahoma's the, defense is terrible. So are North Carolina's, but North Carolina will score more points. I trust their offense more. Until okay, Oklahoma I mean, proves me otherwise. Dylan Gabriel yeah, I, was a man last year. So was Drake May. 
Drake May's a Heisman candidate. They're not North talking Carolina, about what's his name in the Heisman. North Carolina scored 34.4 points per game last year, and Oklahoma scored at this page alone. That's Arkansas State. I'll get back with you, but I'm I'm just kind of like curious. I'm curious to see your point on all this. I did not think Oklahoma Arkansas State was going to bring this kind of heat, and I'm all for <laughs> Oklahoma. It. Wasn't scored 32.8 points per game last year. Yeah, but they didn't win. Just to get it done. I I mean that you're, that's you're the Oklahoma the defense. Sooners. Get it done. I agree. I agree. And prove me wrong. I'm not going to sit here when they win ten games and be like. Oh my God, like I know, like I hope that's the case because that you start ranked 20th and you're the big bad Oklahoma Sooners and you're about to come into the SEC. You better, you better not win five games and come into the SEC next year because ain't, you ain't going to win five games next year. No, I agree. If that's I personally case. think that Oklahoma deserves to be ranked o- over North Carolina this year because I know the roster is much better. But I see your point. I, I definitely see your point though. So, I mean, that's why all the, you have all these different voters and stuff, and they combine them together to come right. up with this, this list. So, I mean, it's bunches of different perspectives, I guess. But Well, we need to move on. You know another team that beat Oklahoma this year? <laughs> Tell them. Tell them. That's the South Carolina Gamecocks, baby. That's right. Two and a half point underdogs going into Charlotte to play the Tar Heels and all that crap I talked about Drake May being a Heisman candidate. We got one our own that no one's talking about. Spencer Rattler. We're coming back. We got Juice Wells. We got Trey Knox from Arkansas. We got five-star Nick Harbour, freak athlete, runs faster than anyone you've ever seen. I'm just telling you. <laughs> talking about winning seven, eight games. We have the number one toughest schedule in the country, and we're going to win more than five games. And it's the number one schedule in the country. So suck on that, Brent Venables. All right, somebody else talk, because I've been there going off on Brent Oklahoma. Hey, there it is. I knew it was coming out. No, it's, it's not. Brent it's not, but he's that guy right now, so he's going to get it, too. <laughs> He slipped, boys. He slipped. <laughs> nah, uh, okay, so before I go, let, let, let's get maybe a less biased, even though you're on the other side of the fandom, being a Clemson fan, Jacob, uh, not to put you on the spot, but kind of how do you see, from an outside perspective, this this North Carolina-South Carolina game going? And don't hold back, man. I'm a man. I can take it. No, yeah, yeah, I, it to us. I'm being genuine. I genuinely think this game is in Charlotte, so it's a neutral site, even though it's kind of like halfway in between North Carolina's camp and South Carolina camp. South Carolina may be a little bit closer, but regardless, it's at a neutral site. Prime time, game day is going to be there, 7.30 on ABC. The line is actually North Carolina minus two and a half. Personally, this is me as a Clemson fan, because I'm saying how much I think North Carolina has lost, and we're still not technically sure if that wide receiver that transferred in, we thought was going to be the number one receiver, is even going to be able to play. I don't think he is going to be able to play. Um, there's just a lot more question marks. And I know South Carolina had you know two or three guys, Marshawn Lloyd and, and Jaheim Bell and stuff, transfer out. But I do think, kind of like, this is kind of way off topic, but like that UCLA quarterback, that freshman that's coming in, He's going to step right in and be just as good as DTR, in my opinion. I think that that uh, that five-star freshman, you're talking about the fastest guy or whatever. I, I forgot his name, Harper or something like that. He's going to step right in, and Juice Wells is going to be there. Um, he's healthy, I heard, and he's going to be playing. I, I genuinely, before you even ask, I genuinely think South Carolina is going to win this game. Um, I don't think – I think North Carolina is going to take a step back this year. Uh Drake May is still damn good. He's going to be a top prospect and stuff, but I genuinely think South Carolina's team is better than North Carolina's team. So I definitely, I y- y'all are gonna y'all are gonna win this game outright. Should I go or should you go? No, no, go ahead. I've talked enough. Well, it's nice to hear that, Jacob. I I, I appreciate the the trying to keep your bias at bay, but uh, 
I'm I'm hella biased. Cox by ninety, dude. I don't I don't care who you are. Drake May, mayonnaise, it doesn't matter. Anybody can get it. Uh I I would be lying though if I'm say if if I would tell you guys I'm not a little bit worried. Just because obviously everybody's talking about Drake May. You know, one of the top NFL prospects that's gonna be going into the draft. Um prolific compact you know, everybody knows about him. And that's kind of what people are gonna be tuning into. Like, let's see this Drake May game one uh of the season the game day is going to be there like you mentioned um but uh, even as <clears throat> trying to not be the, ga- the gamecock fan uh, spencer rattler f- looks finally to me looks comfortable especially i know we talk about the end of last year a lot but between the texas game and the clemson game um it, he looks like he's finally settled in and it looks like he he's ready to show okay I am worthy of going to the NFL. I am the talent that, you know, everybody thought I was coming into college football. And um, I, I I hope anyway, well, it remains to be seen what uh, Dow Loggins is going to do with this offense. Uh, I have to believe that they're going to simplify it from what it was last year and what caused them so many problems and just let their playmakers go to work. I mentioned this before in our SEC preview. Um, can we do enough to stop Drake May? We'll, we'll see. I, I think so. We just need a few stops here and there. Um, interesting enough, did you did you see the depth chart, JC, with um, the running back? They got. Uh, I think they have DK listed as RB one. Yeah. So my understanding from all the interviews and things I've read is that he was going to be the number one guy going in to the season. Um, the latest Beamer press conference, they asked him how he kind of asked how he took the number one job early, and then how he's kept it throughout the the spring and summer. And and Beamer said, you know, I was worried about it at first because, you know, we, we saw what he did in the bowl game versus Notre Dame and throughout the season, taking snaps from the wildcat position, running through the tackles, looking like a natural runner, which he is. He's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. But Beamer's concern was, can he pick up blocks? Can he pick up linebackers coming off the outside, middle linebackers on stunts coming in the middle? Can he pick those up? He's gained like 20, 30 pounds of muscle. Beamer said he's proven that at camp that he can be the guy that can block. So I think that's why he stayed number one. Obviously. Other guys are going to get snaps. Juju's going to get a lot of snaps. He's a playmaker very fast on the outside. Now, who's going to get snaps beyond that? We don't know because I think there's a lot of unknowns with Mario Anderson and some other guys. But yeah, I mean, the fact that he's put, put that much weight on, that like puts me a little bit at ease. And, and even with him not being a natural running back and then, and then with Juju coming in, who is, I still think we have the better running back room. That's kind of like, I think we talked about earlier, North Carolina's leading rusher was Drake May. They haven't had a good yeah. running back duo in a while. Um, so I think that's why I'm kind of kind of backtracking on, we talked about some of the other podcasts about this being like a shootout. I know the over-under is like 64 and a half. I talked about being 30-30 or, or higher. I think because of our run game being better than them and trying to keep Drake May off the field, I think a low, lower scoring game kind of helps us out a little bit. And I don't mean like it's going to be over 20 points, I think. But that being said, I think we're going to be aggressive. I think we're going to take shots down the field. I think we have to because I think there's secondary. And you could say the same thing about ours. We have, I think we got an athletic secondary, but we don't have the mm-hmm. depth. So I think both teams might have the same kind of mindset. I think we need to take shots early and, and go after them. But yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me when just the way DK is and the fact that when he gets the ball in his hands, he can do some special things. Yeah. I think too, like, 
I think South Carolina, it, and this might be me just being biased, but I feel like South Carolina needs this game more than North Carolina needs it. Yeah. I, I <clears> even with say. it not being a conference game. But I think it's going to look worse for South Carolina if they lose than it does for North Carolina. Um, it, 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 kind of to your point too, Jacob, about the wide receiver. I, as far as today, so he, his waiver got denied. They appealed it. And as of today, they, the NCAA still hasn't ruled on it, which is uh, – Wild. Which is stupid. Yeah, it is. What it what is. are you even there for? Like, why is NCAA even a thing? What 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 do y'all do? This is I, I'm not gonna sit there and rant on that, but sucks for that kid. Hopefully, I guess last second they'll let him play because I don't want it to be the kind of situation where we're like, well, if they had that receiver, you know, maybe maybe right. North Carolina would have won type stuff. But they also North Carolina lost, I think, their top two pass catchers last year. So they needed this guy. So if that guy's not there, yeah, Drake May's awesome. But you still have to have that chemistry. You still have somebody's, to have that, that time down. Ball. Yeah. Uh, and again, like JC was saying, the running back room, I think, favors South Carolina. Juju McDowell, that's why I was I was surprised that Juju just didn't automatically have the RB1 spot. Just cause he's, not, he's a good running back. Yeah. Uh, so it's just bouncing ideas off you guys. But I do feel like it, this is going to mean more to South Carolina uh, because I do think we this is – you have – in my opinion, you have to take, you have to win this game to take that next step. You're a, a, a good team. You want to be a really good team. You get this is a game you have to win. You can't start off like these last few seasons where we start off slow and try to pull out a bowl win at the end of the year. We all know South Carolina's schedule. We all know how tough it's going to be. Yeah, it's North Carolina. Yeah, it's Drake May. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of points scored. You got to figure it out as a coach's staff. Figure it out. Win the game. If you want to finally be that team in the East, that's going to be like, what's up, Georgia? Win the game. I don't care how you do it. Win it. Right. No, to to piggyback right off your point, uh, what I was actually thinking about, and this is coming from if I was unbiased again, I truly want to see how Shane Beamer's staff and himself approach Drake May, knowing that, hey, he's the biggest threat. This is the one thing we have to shut down. Either we're going to take away his legs or we're going to take away his arm. But I want to see how your coaching staff and Clayton White, your defensive coordinator, really approaches how they're going to stop him because he is the one thing you have to worry about because that shows for for now and how good you may be for this season. But it also shows, hey, can Beamer take that next step and really push this program forward? I mean, he's been a really good coach uh, Mm. for, you know, what is this, his third year now or something? To be his third year, yeah third year like i want to see him take that next step and say hey can he become this dynasty kind of coach and can he take that next you know step in and really shut down this team and then really be a threat to georgia not just show up to the georgia game and suddenly surprise him but do it on a weekly basis and hey yeah our offense can be good with rattler or whatever here and there but like hey can we program uh, like make a thing where we're stopping drake may i'd like to see that and take beamer and his coach to take that next step no, I, I think you're right. And going off both of your points about taking the next step and this maybe meaning more for us, you know, whether good or bad, this is kind of what we wanted, right? I think Absolutely. It's, it's it's maybe too early still to say, I mean, this isn't a make it or break a game for Beamer or the team, but we've had a lot of hype. We've overachieved the last two years. We've been getting huge recruits. Now, granted, all those recruits aren't here yet, but all that momentum, all that talk, all the things that happened last year, it's not a surprise anymore. People know about us. They're talking about us. So yeah, now here you are on the biggest stage, week one. What's all the hype about? Let's prove, go out and prove it. So I think that is it's why it's a bigger game for us. I, I totally mm-hmm. agree with you. I think there's more pressure on us. Um, but at the same time, 
I think we still have a chip on our shoulder because I think the team price still feels disrespected. We're still coming in as the underdog. And, you know, if, if you just go look at, I mean, in Beaver's press conference, it was kind of funny because they asked him about Rattler not being on any of these watch lists. And, and Drake may absolutely deserve to be on every watch list. Like, that's not yeah. taken away from him because uh, he is, you know, you can argue between him and Caleb Williams who's, who's the best quarterback in the nation. But they asked Beaver, like, how do you feel about him Rattler not being talked about? And he caught himself before he was like, gonna say something that was definitely gonna be yeah. clipped and, and going viral to just be yeah. like you know what i see it but it is what it is he'll let us play do the talking so i'm excited just because look we don't there's no preseason game we don't practice versus other teams we don't play ut martin to start the year like this is it this is for real so i'm excited that we get to go out and prove it and game day is going to be there and neutral site so uh, it, it, I, I think it should be good, man. I, I think it is going to be the most exciting game, at least of Saturday. I think Sunday and Monday bring some exciting games too, but at least of Saturday, as far as matchups go, this will be the most exciting one because I think it'll definitely be back and forth. That uh, I know we got a we have a couple more teams. We can't just sit here and talk about South Carolina, but like your last point right there, that's what makes this even more incredible is that this this slate for Saturday specifically isn't that heavy. This is probably the biggest game. Oh, yeah. of, that's why game day is going to be there. Uh, so right. if you could show it all on the big stage, what, when all eyes are on you, that's going to say a lot. And uh, yeah. could you uh, imagine also, if y'all shut down Drake May like on a national stage and y'all like won by twenty points? What that would do to the Georgia oh, line oh, and my stuff? Gosh. Like, stop it. What it. would recruiting, do to y'all naturally? <laughs> yeah, recruiting. I uh, I, I can only handle so much. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I do this. <laughs> yeah. I uh, when I get amped, I'm a, I'm a handsy talker, so my hands start doing like the Ricky Bobby thing. I don't know what to do with them. They start just like floating up and doing all these things. I, that's why I have the football, man. When I get amped, I need to like hold on to something. But yeah, yeah. Give me, give me the, give me the Gamecocks. Um, and, uh, we don't even need the points. Just we're we're gonna run outright. Give me the Gamecocks. Yep, I'm with you. All right, we'll move on from that and go to. Well, this game doesn't have a line either. So, Ole Miss and Mercer, two o'clock kickoff. Um, Ole Miss is, you know, they got they can play four quarterbacks. Like probably all start D one somewhere. So that they got yeah. they got a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, and they've had a good they've had a really good offense the last few years. So again, no line, but Ole Miss, I think it's an easy thirty point win for sure. Yeah, not a whole lot here. I just I'd like to see what kind of quarterback play they get from all of them and. It is kind of interesting to see Spencer Sanders. I mean, he was at Oklahoma State for what nineteen years or something like that. Like, is he really going to back up something Jackson like Dart the whole time? So, I mean, I, he's probably going to come out and we'll prove see. himself. I'd like to see that. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, Ole Miss is winning though. Yeah, and I think with uh, Lane Kiffin, it's not one of those situations where it's going to be like, oh, well, let's get out to like a twenty-eight point lead and hit the brakes. No, he's probably trying to figure out what what do I have here. Let let me start whipping out some of these dusty pages in the playbook. Let's see what we can get to work before we start playing some teams that are going to give, give us a hard time. So, yeah, Ole Miss big. Well, no, I mean, that yeah. goes back to what Jacob said. The second guy coming in is probably going to be Sanders, and he's yeah. going to want to prove he wants to start too. So he's going to he's gonna go to try, try to go off as well. Yeah. Um, next one, Texas A&M versus New Mexico. That's 38-point spread for A&M. What do you think about that, Clint? Uh, this one, uh, and it's nothing. Uh, and the over-under is 49, by the way. So that's kind of odd. Right, right, right. And it, well, I don't, I, again, so I talked about this during the SEC preview uh, with Texas A&M. They're very talented. I, I think people kind of forget that with the year they had last year. The, they still have a lot of talent there. I get it. Transfer why the rank, taken, because but, it doesn't matter what you did last year. If you have a talented roster, they'll rank you oh, in the top 25. Jesus, bro. Oh, my God. 
does Brent Brent Venables coach Texas A&M too? I didn't know that. Uh, it's not about it's not about Venables. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> no, you I. God, you can't just put, you put um, that was a joke. They should be they should rankings be on they should 2022. Be okay, okay. Um, they should be ranked. But 38, that's a lot. Um, yeah. Even, it's it's New Mexico, uh, you know. But to me, I, I do feel like last year was kind of an outlier. They do bring in Bobby Petrino. Hopefully that actually means that um, Jimbo is kind of, I don't know if he's going to completely give up the reins, but he's going to at least let Petrina hold one of the reins and <clears throat> turn this offense into what they probably should be. Uh, they got Wegman coming back. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, defensively, too. Again, Texas A&M, full talent. Is, is New Mexico even going to score a single touchdown? And if not, then I, I, I'm pretty confident that Texas A&M can, can cover. So give me Texas A&M uh, and, and lay, the, lay the 38. I think they're going to try to make a statement that, yeah, they're still in the West and they're still there for uh, to, to make a championship run. Yeah. I'm, I'm A&M all the way. I'm kind of surprised there was a, a spread for this game. I thought it could be like the old Miss Mercer game where there's not a spread because it's just New Mexico. It's not that good. Um, and A&M's going to win this game, but I kind of, this is on uh, ESPN at seven, seven o'clock. So this is the national kind of um, platform there, but I, I am, I think I, this stat was what I heard the other week out of like A&M's top 100 recruits of all time. I think they have like 40 of them on the roster right now, which is kind of a crazy stat right to hear. Um, so there is a lot of pressure for A&M and Jimbo Fisher to perform. Um, Kind of like Texas is the same way too, but th- they're they're going to win this one for sure. And I would probably even say they'll cover the thirty eight since there is a spread. So I'll give you that. Yeah, I kind of, I honestly probably would have leaned under the thirty eight, and and not by I'm just like nitpicking, like oh they won by thirty five just because thirty eight's a lot. But when you when you look at the over under, it obviously shows you that no one's confident in, in New Mexico scoring a lot of points. So with that right. being said, I, I think I am going to take. A and M and I think they're going to cover the thirty-eight. The next one up is a close game. Uh, some you know teams we don't really cover that often, but the twenty-fourth ranked Tulane Green Wave playing at home against South Alabama. Tulane six and a half point favorites. The over unders at fifty-two. That's going to be eight o'clock on Saturday on ESPNU, which I didn't even know if that was still a channel anymore. Um, Jacob, how do you feel about this matchup? Uh, like you said, Tulane kind of surprised last year and they're tw- ranked 24th this year. So, um, this is a team we should give more pub to. Um, they were obviously really good 12 and two last year, uh, finished ranked ninth. That kind of snuck up on me when I saw that again. Um, but, uh, they do return Michael Pratt. I think this is the quarterback's name. So I, I definitely think they're going to be. Uh, able to kind of keep up that same pace as they had last year. Um, I don't know the first thing about South Alabama, so I, I would say I'm going to stay on Tulane, and I would say they're going to cover the six and a half. Yeah, I. Uh, this is a, I don't know, just a weird game for me. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to take Tulane, lay the points as well. Um, South Alabama, they can score. They have their leading passer, rusher, and receiver all back for South Alabama, but I think that's kind of baked into the score or into the, um, into the line a little bit. So, uh, I'm, I'm gonna trust Tulane. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take them, lay the points. Yeah, I'm, I'm with, I'm with that Clint. I think they're gonna, they're gonna cover and 
and uh, take care of South Alabama. I think it'll still be a, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, but yep, I definitely take them in the points. Next game we got, um, I don't know how many players are no longer on this team because of betting, but number 25th ranked Iowa Hawkeyes playing Utah State. That's a noon kickoff on Saturday. Iowa's 25 point favorites. The over under sitting at 45. Utah State all the way. And I'm not even joking this time. All the way, like uh, winning or win just out, right? No, don't be silly now. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just got to Also, Paul is known for upset. So, I mean, she yeah, no, no, no. called one yet. Um, <laughs> right. Well, hey, listen, Boise over uh, Washington. I, honestly, that's probably my upset pick of the week. But I digress. I would, I would, that'd be the safest one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, Iowa. I, I get it. They're bringing another quarterback. They're kind of trying to change it to where they actually can score some points throughout a game. I get it. The defense is pretty good. And I think that's what is going to keep the score kind of close and kind of low. Um, Utah State, I think, has a decent decent defense as well. And if, if Utah State scores just once, and, that, that you know, uh, Iowa's got to score, what, 35? I just, first game of the year, new quarterback. They're not known for scoring really any points. Uh, I just don't see it. Um, and, and I was, in my eyes, a little overranked as well. So, uh, give me Utah State plus the points. Okay. Um, I think first game of the year, I will take, since it is 25, I will take Utah State to cover that. Um, but I think I'm a little higher on Iowa this year than a lot of people are. Um, the whole offensive line returns again this year. And um, they have the, the transfer quarterback you're talking about is Cade McNamara. Um, from Michigan, so he's a high recruit. Um, so this team should be better than they have been. And if you, you know, go back and listen to our Big Ten preview podcast, um, we went into a lot more detail there. But remember that offensive coordinator there has to, uh, in order to keep his job for the next few years, he has to score at least twenty five points per game as an average for the season. So I think I was going to be scoring more points. But it won't be enough to cover the twenty-five. Ironically, the twenty-five point spread here. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch up on you guys. I uh, I think the offensive coordinator literally is fighting for his job and his dad's approval. So he's gonna <laughs> score as many points as he can. I'm taking the twenty-five. That's okay. unlike Iowa. I get it, but I'm uh, give me the Hawkeyes on that one. I mean, it's ironic the point spread is twenty-five points. So shoot, hey. start off hot. That they probably did that on purpose. All right. I would say the biggest game of the weekend, probably if you want to say week one has any type of playoff implications, this would be the game. LSU, Florida State, Sunday night, 7.30 kickoff. There's no NFL yet, so this is primetime Sunday night football. This game is going to be in Orlando, Florida, so obviously still uh, more of a home field advantage for Florida State, give or take. Louisiana is not that far. Clint, how do you like this matchup? LSU's coming in at two and a half point favorites. The over unders at fifty six. This, like you said, this is a big game, and for me, by far the toughest. And that includes the Penn State game we were talking about earlier and stuff like that. Um, it, it's it's almost like these two teams are pretty identical. It's almost like they're playing themselves. Um, uh, again, this is going to be the rematch from last year when Florida State squeaked one out. <clears throat> we talk about can you beat a team twice? I, I think it's a little different here, though, when you're going into another season. Things are a little bit different. Uh, but it's, again, the first game of the year. Um, and I know I know LSU wants this one bad. 
Um, and to me, this is kind of like just flip a coin and pick a team because if you told me if LSU wins by a touchdown, I'd, I'd be like, I, I believe you. If Florida State wins by a touchdown, I'd be like, that makes sense. So um, <clears throat> I do know that Mason Smith, I think he's the defensive tackle uh, for LSU, is out due to uh, – forgive me for not remember the, the proper phrasing here, but it's like improper benefits received or something, something to do. They're with still doing benefit. that in, the NIL in, in this day and age with NIL and all this crap. Like, no, this was Wild Wild West 20, uh, 2021. They found him that he did something that was like in 2021 when it was like illegal to take whatever. And they yeah. like backdated it. I'm like, come on. You're like, what are we stretching for? You got <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I yeah, I didn't know that, but still, it's like okay, geez, all right, whatever. Come on. Um, so that is something to note. Um, I, I think LSU also they're they're replacing some cornerbacks as well, and this and this is me nitpicking here, boys. It's not like LSU is shy on talent. They they definitely have a little bit of depth. Um, so, uh, but I had to find something to try to sway me one way or the other. I'm using those two things. Um, that and that Florida State, I think they do have a lot of momentum and the. This is it'll be harder for Florida State, in my opinion, to recover from a loss and then continue throughout the year and still hope to have playoff hopes uh, or get a playoff berth than it will be for um, LSU. And I say that because LSU still gets to play all these other big teams. Florida State just has Clemson really left on their schedule after this game, and Clemson might beat them anyway. So. I think Florida State really wants this game. If they beat LSU and still lose to Clemson and then they rematch or whatever in the ACC uh, championship, hopefully they win. Uh, their, their, their odds are pretty good to make the playoffs. So I think with all that and the fact that LSU might be replacing just a little bit, they got their, uh, their guy Mason Smith out. Give me Florida State. And it might we might need the two and a half points, but yeah, give me Florida State. So you got Florida State covering the two and a half and LSU still winning, or you think Florida State's winning outright? Ooh. It, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, give me Florida State outright. I like it. Okay, well, uh, I kind of saw that coming from a mile away. I heard you talk about Florida State and the ACC. <laughs> you uh really big on Florida State this year. Um, it's funny how you said they have a lot of momentum when they haven't played a game. Um, it's kind of like back to JC's point where – they shouldn't be ranked this high or whatever. Like Oklahoma shouldn't be ranked this high. They hadn't played they, <laughs> the results in the field, man. Um, but no, I, I totally get your point. Cool. I, I personally am going to take LSU to cover the two and a half. Um, Florida State won last year, 24-23. Um, I definitely think this is going to be a competitive game. But I do think, even though both teams are extremely talented everywhere, I think Florida State has more coming in as transfers, so they have less stability there, I guess I would say is, you know, and I think this is a, it comes down to head coaching. I think LSU has the better head coach. And I think that will play a big factor here. And this is in uh, Orlando. So mm-hmm. it's not like, but I guess technically LSU is the home team. It doesn't matter. Um, but Brian Kelly, I think is going to be out for a tear this year. I have LSU winning the SEC. Obviously this is not an SEC game, but um, I really think LSU is going to win this game. I, like, like I said, last year it was 24, 23. Um, I personally think LSU will win like 28-24, so it's still going to be a very close game, but um, I I got the Tigers. I mean, shoot, wrong Tigers, but hey. So, I mean, this is one of the, this is one of the most exciting games that happened last year, albeit it mm-hmm. kind of gets lost because, uh, again, it was week one. Right. Um, it, and look, it, I'm kind of with Clint. It's almost a toss-up. Like, I need something to convince me. Um, 
this is not going to surprise me one way or the other. I'm not going to be shocked unless just somebody dominates the other. Um, and I, I think Clint, you make a good point. Like I think for Florida to kind of Florida State to kind of control their own destiny, they they need this game more than LSU just based on the schedule and the ranked opponents they'll have the opportunity to play. Um, but that being said, though, with two and a half, man, I, I'm still going to take LSU. I think um, as good as Jordan Travis is, I, I think Jordan Travis overall is a better like polished quarterback maybe than Jaden Daniels. But Jaden Daniels is like a gamer, a playmaker, not a guy I'm going to look to to go to the NFL and make any uh, make any crazy teams or starts or have a, have a long career. But I think I just a college, quarter, a college quarterback with his legs, his athleticism. And with Chip Kelly's like play calling ability and and the offense they run, I'm gonna lean LSU just slightly two and a half. I'm good with that. Um, so I'm gonna lean LSU. It's gonna be a close one, and I'm definitely one of the the most exciting games to watch this weekend. Did you did you say Chip Kelly there? Because now you got me questioning who I said. I know it's Les <laughs> Miles. What the, the head coach yeah. for LSU? Did you you Chip said Kelly. Chip Kelly? Didn't That's it Les correct. Miles? Chip Kelly, Les Miles left, and Chip Kelly is now the coach. Chip Kelly. Remember, he had the whole thing. He came down and started talking with a country accent, and they were calling him a poser. And then Chip Kelly. That's I mean, I'm sorry. I'm no, blanking. not no. Yeah, I'm blanking. It's not we're Chip Kelly either. Like, it's Brian. Like, yeah, bro, Brian. Yeah, dude, I was looking at both of you like I am losing my mind. I've had too many double pours of whiskey. I, I've lost it. Yeah, bro, my I had Kelly. Right, I had Kelly. I'm like, yeah, dude. And I feel me. sure we were both. I saw uh, Brian Kelly's face in my mind the whole time, and I was sitting here calling him Chip same. Kelly. And call, I'm yeah, looking at we Brian. Did the same when, thing. When I the seventh time I said Chip, I'm like, oh, that's wrong. I just had an existential crisis listening to you two talk. I was like, I don't even know why I watch college football. I am so lost right now. Brian Kelly, the whiskey. (laughs) I don't know that song. Don't get me. All right, for for everyone at home who's listening, Brian Kelly is the coach. (laughs) There you go. Thanks, Chip Kelly is at Oregon. I think Les Miles is. No, he's not. Chip Kelly is at UCLA. UCLA, (laughs) and Les Miles is on the couch somewhere. I think. Or no, grass. he's at Kansas. Is he at Kansas? Grass. He's at Kansas. Kansas. Eating grass <laughs> in Kansas. I'm done. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take off. Y'all can handle I don't need to talk about this next game anyway. You don't want to hear my take. I'm about to say. <laughs> yeah, we're going right into Oregon oh State. Oh, my God. Let's hear it. Right. Let's hear it. Brother. Oregon State, San Jose State. This is not a comparison by any means, so please don't take it that way. 18th but, ranked Oregon State at San Jose State. I must say sorry, that Sorry, Beaver fans. As far as the makeup of a quarterback, one is way better than the other one, but DJ and Caleb Williams are the same as far as they can hurt you with their legs. DJ not really with his arm. But as far as the style of offense they're going to play, San Jose State just saw that, right? They just saw it. They lost big time, but they're coming in with the game. Oregon State's going to win the game, but I got San Jose State. I think it's going to be a 14-point game. Give me San Jose State points. So the line is 16 and 16 and a half. Right, Oregon State's way. So, right. So you got not, San Jose State covering that. Okay, that's correct. Three thirty on CBS. Surprisingly, that's weird, isn't it? Because CBS was always the SEC game, wasn't it? At three thirty. Uh, yeah, but I guess since it's a Sunday, it's a little different thing. That's still the Saturday one, but yeah, for a Sunday, I guess it got a little different. Yeah, that's that's still. Don't ask me who the coaches are because my mind is absolutely just boggled. So I don't even. That's all <laughs> yeah. I got. It's Brent Venables. <laughs> in that case let me tell you something 
Uh, all right, what do you think? How's your how's your best friend DJ going to do in this game, Jacob? <laughs> My best friend DJ. Like I said earlier, San Jose State's quarterback is actually no slouch. Um, you can say whatever you want about Southern Cal's defense. I didn't think they were that good. But uh, this will be a tougher game than I think people think because it's at San Jose State. And after that showing they put up against Southern Cal, I think they'll be hyped and ready to play kind of a national spotlight kind of game. Um, it's like a little you know precursor before the real game at 730. But I really think that Oregon State's, uh, like when we did all the research on them, um, they surprisingly were really good last year. And to have DJ, um, he, he is a five-star, whether you think he's you know super good or super not, um, I, I definitely think Oregon State will cover this. Um, it should be a, a really good game, um, but I do think Oregon State's here to make a statement. Statement is not like San Jose State beating them by a lot. It's not a huge statement, but like I said, they they actually have a decent quarterback. So, um, but I I, de- I have Oregon State covering the sixteen and a half. We got the opposite. Um, not not because I think Oregon State is going to be bad or anything, or that I think DJ is going to be bad. Um, I, I am not a fan of week zero games. I I just <clears throat> I don't like the idea of having some teams play a game and then go into week one having already experienced a real game playing teams that haven't played yet. <clears throat> that's To me, that's stupid. But whatever makes money, I guess. Um, I do think that's going to bode well for San Jose State. Not that I think they win, but they've just played USC. They, they just got... They played one of, of, one of the best teams in, um, in the Pac-12, at least. And... For the 16 and a half points, I think that's a, a, a little rich. And I, I think San Jose State will cover that. <clears throat> um, Oregon State does have a stout D. Um, let's, let's see if we, they can get DJU going and uh, uh, maybe live up to what everybody hoped he would be when he was there at Clemson. So um, uh, week one probably starts out slow, using a lot of defense, field position. San Jose State are already having a game under their belt. Uh, give me them to cover, but the Oregon State over oh, uh, straight up. So just do me a favor. I'm going to be tied up legit from like 3 o'clock to like 7 that Sunday. But every time DJ throws a pick, just go ahead and send me a text just so I know. <laughs> um, and that'll just be all I've asked of you guys. Yeah. I, don't, I don't ask you for much. Um, yeah. Over under at 3 if we're betting that. Uh, oh, all really? right, okay. best for last, we got Jacob's team, the Duke Blue Devils, uh, hosting the Clemson Tigers. Clemson's a 13-point favorite. The over-under sitting at 55. Clint, we're going we're gonna to say this last one. We're going we're gonna to let Jacob talk about this last. Um, That's fair. No, no, honestly, no, no. I, Clint, I want Clint, I want Clint, he gave me the, the option to speak before him for South Carolina. I want him to, to go first. No, that's what he's saying. saying. Yeah, Clint. Yeah. I, I might have mixed up my words with every single head coach the last five nope, minutes. Nope, I heard this you. One, Jacob's drunk. This, this one I got. This one I got right. <laughs> I, I will say, to be honest, like I think this is a tough one too. Like I can see Clemson winning by fourteen. I can see Clemson winning by ten. Like I, I think it's going to be close. I think Clemson is going to pull away at the end. I actually am going to take uh, Clemson in the thirteen. I think K Clubnick's the real deal, and I think he's going to prove it on Monday night. Um, but what do you think, Clint? I don't. I don't know if. Uh, the 13 is like necessarily the toughest line, but just given this team and what we know about Duke, thanks to Jacob, it, to me, it, it's one yeah. of the tougher lines that we have this weekend. Yeah, according to Jacob, this is a toss-up game. <clears throat> this is this it is, is LSU, Florida State all over again. Um, the world's watching. 
Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, I, I get, like you said, this is definitely a tough one, and I think being um, you know, at Duke's house is it, it makes it a little bit tougher, obviously. <clears throat> um, with with Clemson coming in, let's, let's trying to get Kate Klubnik started back up, and being the elite quarterback they need them to be. Um, <clears throat> first game of the year. Duke with a pretty good defense. They got uh, their quarterback, uh, Devin Leary. That's the name? Riley yes. Leonard. No, Riley Leonard. No, yeah, Devin, Devin Leary is the State. Guy. Oh, I'm I, I mixing two names up. All, I didn't learn a thing. No, no, no. All preseason, <laughs> I mixed those two names up. I see his face. I mixed his name up. Um, you don't anyway. know what his face looks like. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. I swear. I swear. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, uh, pretty good quarterback. And I, I feel like, again, First game of the year, thirteen and a half points. Uh, if if this is at fourteen, I would absolutely hammer Duke. Um, <laughs> Just like earlier, you were so big on half a point, so give them another point, and it's like, dude, they matter. They matter. You Two can touchdowns. you can buy that point. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah the thirteen <laughs> That's a full does point. make it. Um, thirteen makes it a little more interesting for me, anyway. Um, <clears throat> but I think I'm still going to take Duke, and that's not to say that Clemson's a bad team. That's it's just. Again, first game of the year, I really don't know what to expect to see out of both these teams. Uh, I think I'm a little more confident in what Clemson is going to do throughout the year. Uh, but it, forgive me if I'm wrong, Jacob, you can correct me, but I feel like Clemson does this thing where they kind of start off kind of slow and they gain momentum as they go. Um, and I feel like this year may not be much of an exception. I think it's going to be a situation where they're trying to, I don't know, play it safe is the right term, but they want to make sure that they – they're not making big mistakes. They this is a big game. This is a, a conference game, week one. It's uh what is this, Monday? We said Monday night, yep. Yeah, Monday night. So every, again, everybody's gonna be watching. No other sports are really going on right now. Um so this is huge. I, I don't think Clemson's gonna come out and try to uh do anything too cute to um risk dropping game one and uh really putting themselves behind the eight ball with, you know conference championship hopes on the line and uh obviously more than that because it's clemson they're 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 used to going to the uh the playoffs so uh, i i think it's gonna be a safe game defensively played they both have good defenses uh little uh punt here and there losing field position um is going to be a big thing and um if if clemson does cover i think it will be kind of late uh could be wrong uh but Riley Leonard, I think, is going to definitely uh, score some points. So give me give me Duke plus the points, but Clemson not right. Okay. I like um, it. I appreciate the way you answered that. Uh, I kind of wanted to ask JC this when he got done was, um, like you said, we, we, why do you think this may be a tough game for Clemson? Is it more because uh, what you know about Clemson or more what you don't know about or know about Duke, I guess? No, my bad. If I expressed that, I might have expressed that wrong. I don't mean a, a tough game for Clemson. I mean a, a tough game to pick as far as the spread goes, only because it, it's first week of the season. I, I think yeah. Clemson's going to win the game. I, I, that that's not the tough part. I just think early on in the first game of the season, Duke does have a good quarterback, and if Clemson wins by ten, it wouldn't surprise me. If Clemson wins by like twenty plus, it might surprise me. But like, it, it, I think that's why the spread is where it is, right? right. I think that. Clemson has the roster better than, way better than Duke. The defense is insane. The, one of the best linebacker units in the country. And I think Kate Klubnick, again, is the real deal. I think your offense is not going to sputter like it did last year. 
and if it does, it's week one, right? We can we can move on from that. But you still have Will Shipley who can run the ball. You have Kid Klubnik. I know your receivers aren't maybe what they were the past few years, but you still have guys that can go get the ball. Antonio Williams, especially in the slot, is a guy that to me is a big impact player. So you guys have all the weapons, and if one thing's not working, you guys can go to option two and option three. And option two and option three and maybe option four are number one options when a lot of the other Division One teams. But you still got, like, I get it. It's not the 2016 Clemson team. It's not the 2018 Clemson team. But you guys still got a lot of guys that can go out there and make plays and win ball games. So the the pick of Clemson is not the issue. I just think the spread is like, yeah, I could see 13. I could see 10 just based on it being the first week. So And it's at Dukes. It's not at Clemson. So that, that changes a little bit. Not that that's the tough place to play, but it's not at home. So it's your first away game and, and the first game. So that's just kind of why I lean that way. I got you. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I actually think I'm, I'll start out by saying, I think Duke is going to cover the 13 points. Um, wow. This is one of the bigger games, like we said, on our schedule. Uh, we got Duke and we got Notre Dame. We got y'all, we got North Carolina. We, you know, and and every year we always end up playing some of these bigger games, you know, and it ends up being closer. I mean, every time we play Notre Dame, it's never a blowout. It's always, you know, pretty cool, unless it's the playoff. But it's, uh, right. you know, always a close game. So I think this will be a close game. We're installing a new system with Garrett Riley. There's always going to be hiccups with a new system, no matter what program it is anywhere in the country. Um, and we have, I think, Kate Klubnik, well, I mean, he will definitely be really good for us this year. Don't get me wrong. I think we, I think that he may have a learning kind of game. He played good in the ACC championship and then kind of sputtered a little bit in the bowl game. Um, so this is really his third start. I mean, he got uh, another game where he played in a decent amount last year as well. But this is really his first time to like, hey, this is yours. Go for it. It's all you. Uh, so he may sputter a little bit. Um, this may be a game that we lean on the running game more than anything. Um, like like we've talked about before, the the new clock rules, we could try, try to go in there and keep the ball out of Riley Leonard's hand and just try to run the ball. I mean, Will Shipley, I wouldn't be surprised if end of the year he's at least top 10 in Heisman voting, especially if we feed him the ball enough. And then we got Phil Moffa back there too. So um, nice little one-two punch. I, I really think that this could end up being like a 34 to, to 23 kind of game. but you know we're still going to win handily, I believe, um, but at the very end, Duke comes in and scores a late touchdown to to to, to make that late back end kind of cover. Um, that's why I say I think they're going to cover the thirteen points because um, they're not just going to lay down. Because this is a a still a good team. Um, Clemson's team is obviously much more well rounded than that team is. They're leaning way too much on Riley Leonard, I would say, um, compared to Clemson is like two K Clemson or something. But um, th- this team is. Something that I, that's why I've circled and that's why I've tried to show, hey, to the world, hey, Duke isn't just Duke of old. It, it, this is a game that Mike Elko, Duke's coaches, kind of circled all offseason and said, hey, we got them on that Monday night, Labor Day, 8 p.m., ESPN. Like the world's going to be watching. This is our time to step up and say, hey, we're here in the ACC. And that's why I've, I've circled this game and, and said, hey, like hey, we really have to, to, to show up and play for this game. So um, it's definitely going to be a good one. But I, I, Clemson will, uh, or I'm sorry, Duke will cover that 13 points. I like it. I'm glad you explained that because I was surprised initially when you were like, oh, they're definitely going to cover. The back end cover I get, yeah. I think you guys would be up by, you know, maybe 20 points, whatever maybe. That's why that one point matters sometimes. You're up by 21 and it's sort of be 14. But back end cover, I like that. Dude, I- I'm just excited that we finally have football. We finally have real football. 
and a lot of good games with, you know, again, may- maybe not, maybe outside of LSU and Florida State, maybe not playoff implications, if you will, but I think for Clemson to get rid of this narrative that like they're not the Clemson role to go make a statement for South Carolina to go make a statement, North Carolina, this isn't just hype. Um, and a lot of other teams that go out and, and prove me included, but a lot of people wrong early on in the year. Um, I grant there's not a lot of those games because there's a lot of cupcakes being played. So next week will be a little bit different because I think these spreads going to be a little bit tighter um, based on the, the opponents being played. But I'm excited, boys. We're finally here, man. We've uh, been working hard the last few weeks to get to this point. So now we actually get to sit back and actually watch some games. Yes, sir. It's about time. And this is a nice slate. I hope to be a fat slob on the couch and watch as much <laughs> as I can this weekend to really soak it in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to everybody listening to you, we're obviously going to keep track of our picks as far as, you know, who's these games against the spread. I'm also going to have my son. He's seven years old. I'm going to have him pick uh, the same games. And uh, they're obviously him being seven. He has no idea what's happening. He's probably going to pick off of uh, colors and mascot uh, individuals. So uh, it, it's upsetting, but I, I, will, I won't lie to you if he beats me. Week in, week out, I will I will let you guys know, and you, know, you can fade me for every pick that I have. So, hey, ask uh, him yeah. where uh, he he should he wants to rake Oklahoma. See if he wants them to be a tent <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, just say what. Just yeah, say yeah. give me a number for Oklahoma, and I guarantee he'll say six hundred and forty nine. <laughs> like that's right, son. Raise your rank. That's probably right where JC would have him ranked too. Six hundred forty nine, D three school that that you know they they scrimmage with high school teams. Yeah, but say um, behind high school. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like you boys. I'm excited. We, uh, again, we, we come on here. We're like, Hey, let's, let's keep it like, you know, 30, 45 minutes. And then we're two hours in here yelling at each other about Oregon state, um, and Oklahoma. It's, it's good stuff though. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's see how week one plays out. Uh, Hey, watch out for Boise state. Now I'm just letting you guys know. Watch out. I'm with you. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. We're going to be back. Um, we'll be doing a recap of um, this week's games. Um, we'll, we'll be recording Sunday night, so hopefully we'll catch some of the Florida State LSU game. But we'll be back. And we'll have a new episode uh, um, next Monday out for you guys. So excited to uh, see what happens this weekend and finally get to talk about some real football. So if you guys don't have anything else, I'll, I'll see you boys next time. Yep. See you all next time. Oxbow 90, baby. Cox by 90.